Blog Talk Radio. Boxing Heads. Uh, this is episode 20 of the Loaded Gloves Boxing Podcast. I am your host, Scott Jarvis, and with me as always is my co-host, Victor Atkinson, and this week's special guest co-host, uh, Michael Shepard. How are you guys doing today? I'm good, man. I'm good. Good. Go. <laughs> I can't have you talk at the set. I guess we should have done this before we went on the air. I gotta have one of you guys talk at a time. <laughs> Yeah, like that's why I paused. I was like, yeah, he's got it. <laughs> yeah, like, that's that's kinda, yeah, I don't know if you guys heard me giggling uh, during the, 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 the intro uh, jingle there, but uh, I, I kind of, I was laughing at what I knew was about to happen because I we had forgotten to talk about that. So you guys are both doing okay? Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. good, good, good. All right. Well, we have uh, we don't have a lot of action to talk about from this weekend um, outside of uh, the WBA regular champion Ryota. Uh, I think I'm saying that correctly. Ryota Murata. Uh, he's Murata. fighting. To, yeah, he's fighting in Japan today, Murata. Um, and I'm only mentioning the fight because uh, today it was tweeted out by Steve Kim over at UCN Live uh, that Bob Aram had mentioned a possible Murata uh, Golovkin. Uh, showdown at the Tokyo Dome as early as December of this year. Um, I guess it's of minor interest to me. It might be more interesting to you two gentlemen. Um, I don't. I don't. It's hard for me to get behind the whole regular slash super champion type you know thing that's that's happening in the WBA right now and has been happening for a while. Um, what do you guys make of uh, that potential matchup? And you guys think it happens? Uh, Victor, you go ahead first. All right. It's a good matchup for the sake of the fighters. Murata is actually an Olympic gold medalist at middleweight. Golovkin's the silver okay. medalist, so that's interesting right there. They have good styles that mesh. Golovkin has talked about Murata before, fighting in the Japan, the Tokyo Dome. That would be a good atmosphere, mm-hmm. atmosphere for him. It's one of the few arenas that he hasn't sold out, so that'd be fun. But I don't care about it for the sake of the titles, since we already got that in the Jacobs-Golovkin fight. And the entire right. point of that was to consolidate the belts. They were supposed to, like, get rid of the regular <laughs> one because they said they were going to do that before. They were like, we're going to get rid of the regular belt and, like, only have the super belt, and that's why they're going to fight to do that for the middleweight division. And then they instantly made Indom versus Marauder for the regular, which made absolutely no fucking sense. And then, yeah. and then it gets worse because the regular belt is basically supposed to be, like, I guess a number one contender for the uh, super belt is really how I always looked at it. But uh-huh. now they're saying that Jacobs is next in line to fight Golovkin for the WBA, even though he already lost, while Murata <laughs> is the regular champion who has never fought Golovkin. But, okay, whatever. Right. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Michael? Kind of the same as, as Victor said. I think it'd be, it'd be, it would be too bad a fight. I think Triple G would probably take it. Uh, be a big payday being over in Japan and uh, – I think mm-hmm. Murata's actually been out in Big Bear training before, so Triple G and uh, Murata might know each other kind of behind the scenes a bit. Um, right, right. I think it would be a knockout win, so I think it would be fan-friendly. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think it would be a bit I of a firefight. I you don't think so, Victor? 
I agree. It's going to be a good fight. I don't think it's going to be a knockout win. Murata actually, a lot of people don't know this. His skull is actually abnormally hard. I think it's like. But so is Golovkin's punch. <laughs> well, yeah, but again, we're not dealing with like a regular human being here. We're dealing with a guy that has like <laughs> a thicker skull, like a medically thicker skull than a regular human. It's like, <laughs> I think they said it was like almost twice as thick or some shit like that. So. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, like, as far as body work, you can drop him like that, but Golovkin, his body work has kind of disappeared recently. I mean, you can see it yeah. in the Brook fight. Sure, he hurt Brook in the first round with the body shot, but then after that, there was nothing to Jacobs fight, not a whole lot of work done there. Canelo fight, we already know. So we're going to see a headhunting Golovkin if the pattern sticks. And I don't think that's how you take Murata out. So I don't see a okay. knockout there. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I kind of think in lieu of a... Of a uh... In lieu of a Canelo fight, or while he's waiting for the Canelo rematch, uh, I think that that he and Tom are probably gonna gonna look for serviceable opponents, I guess, for lack of a better term, uh, that can make him look really good. Um, I think they want to k- kind of get back to knocking guys out, or, or you know, making Golovkin look really scary. Uh, not that he doesn't or hasn't. He just, you know, he's slowing down. He's getting a little bit older. I think he just turned 36 last week. So, uh, you know. Um, I, I don't worry about it too much in a possible uh, Murata fight, uh, but I wonder how much, especially we're talking December, so it'll be closer to his 37th birthday by the time December rolls around. So if the fight comes off, I always wonder, you know, when is when is Golovkin going to hit that that point where he, you know, he's not sliding down the hill anymore. He kind of falls off that 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 age cliff, and and you know, so somebody finds him at the right time. You know what I mean? Um, I don't necessarily think. Uh, Ryota Murata is the guy that, to, that, that, that you know will be involved in that, but I mean, God, you never. This is boxing; you never know. But uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, you guys have anything else to add on that? Uh, you guys actually think it happens? I think they want it to happen, but okay, let's see. The IBF is trying to force Jerry Vinchenko versus Golovkin, right? So right. unless Golovkin drops that belt, which I don't think he wants to do because he wants to be undisputed for the Saunders fight, that fight's going to happen. So we have to assume that's going to happen, like, I guess in the summer while we're waiting on the Canelo shit, right? So, like, June, yeah. July. So then after that, I imagine we would have to get Saunders because they would both, like, just had a fight. And, like, the timing fits for that. So then I guess it depends on how long they want to do Canelo's suspension, assuming he does get suspended. Yeah. And even even if Golovkin beats Saunders, becomes undisputed, I think after that he's just going to move up. I don't think there's going to be a Murata fight right then unless like he really, really wants that. Unless they throw like, a bunch of money at him. I think we're going to see him at 168 in like 2019 if he even continues boxing if we don't see the Canelo mm-hmm. fight. So. Hey, you think so? Wow. Hmm. I I kind of I kind of have a a sneaking suspicion that Golovkin's going to finish his career at 160. I don't know why. I, I just uh some of the things I've read that, that that are going on behind the scenes right now um make me think that there are kind of I I don't want to say contingency, that's probably the an incorrect uh word for this, but uh there's this contingency plan or they have plans in place for a possible Canelo rubber match, uh, in, in, you know, at this time next year and for Cinco de Mayo of 19, um, do you, do you see that happening, Michael at all? Or do you think that, uh, like Victor said, he'll, he'll move on and just kind of move up. 
I think it depends on uh, what happens with Canelo. Uh, yeah. Because all the rumours are he's supposed to be facing, uh, is it Vanez, Mitrosian? Uh, yeah. 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 And then if, yeah. if Canelo gets the six-month ban backdated, he'll probably fight Canelo in September. And then, well, maybe BJ Saunders and then maybe a, a third Canelo fight. But it, at his age, I think he'll just chase the money, like Victor said. So if he gets a big, sure. a big, a big payday to go over to Japan, then... He's not getting any younger, and I think we'd all do the same, you know, just chase the money. Easy fights. Actually, sure. if I recall correctly, they denied the Rosian fight. I don't know they denied the other guy. I actually forgot the, the prospect, the 21 year old. Oh, Jamie Thank uh, you. Yeah. Munguia, Munguia. I can't yeah. pronounce his name. Yeah, I know yeah, they denied I him, I, but I'm pretty yeah. sure they denied Rosian as well. So I guess we're looking at Spike O'Sullivan. I don't know what the no, fuck they're Spike, doing. This Spike, weird. I, it was on Twitter earlier this week. I forgot to mark this down in the notes. Spike mm-hmm. declines the fight, and now he's fighting somebody else. What? Um, yeah, Spike declined the fight. Um, unless no, unless I was unless I was reading a, a you know a, like a fake news tweet or something. Uh, but that's what I saw. I saw it a couple on a couple of different accounts. Uh, what were F? you saying, Michael? Yeah, he turned he turned it down. He said the uh, the money. I think they offered him like two hundred thousand dollars, and that was it wasn't enough. Wow! Really. Now l- let me because, ask you guys. Oh, that's you guys weird. Really quick. Hundred thousand. Yeah, what's up? Now I- I'm sure the three of us would all agree that that Spike O'Sullivan has very little chance of beating Golovkin. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> but um, if you were if you were a Spike O'Sullivan or you were a Jamie Munguia, whatever his name is, or any other fighter that got the call even on short notice. Wouldn't the wouldn't the prospect of beating Golovkin and all of the the bells and whistles and and perks that come with that make you want to take it even if they offered you shit money? No, because you're not going to win. <laughs> okay. See, I, I I would jump in there. I'd be like, well, I'm going to go for it. You know what I mean? I, I'm going to take a chance. No, I mean I have to think about it like this. Golovkin, even at 36 years old, he still has that reputation of being basically a monster. He's not sure. someone that's going to, like, pity pat you. So you right. can get the shit kicked out of you in this fight and also not be the same. So that $200,000, it doesn't equal up to potentially ending your career. And Spike Sullivan is kind of on the come up right now after his one over Antoine Douglas. I mean, sure he has that loss over Sa- or loss against Saunders, but he's still, like, I guess contender status maybe. like Sure. Fringe. He's on the come up, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Fringe contender, yeah. So two hundred thousand dollars. That's that's. I mean, fucking um, what what was his name? Dominic Wade got like what five hundred thousand dollars? No, that was a Mando, but still, it's right. Yeah, I well, I know that Tom Loeffler too uh, had said that H, it wasn't in HBO's budget to pay these guys any more than they're they're you know than they're being offered. Um, yeah, that's another thing. I too, don't know. I, like, yeah, I, if you're a fighter you know, like right now in this climate. To go with your point, like taking the fight, I think you could argue that you should take a fight right now just because there's not that many dates. HBO doesn't seem to want to put that much into boxing right now. It's like sure. you're saving money for something. So if you have an opportunity to get a fight, you might want to take that because that may not. I mean, because like, what happens if Spike Sullivan doesn't take this $200,000 and then he just doesn't fight again for the rest of this year? Right. Right. Well, let me ask you, Michael. If you were, if you were, uh, if you were Golovkin, suddenly Golovkin's promoter or in charge of 360 promotions, what would you be trying to do for your guy right now? I mean, where where would you be heading with him? I think 
would have been such short short notice. He's got to he's got to fight one of those B level C level guys, and then sure. Pro- if I was him, I would probably do what do what is going to happen. I'd probably say I'd fight Canelo next if Canelo gets the six month ban that everyone's expecting, and then um, go for the uh, the BJ Saunders big fight after yeah. that. Um, and I was listening to an interview with uh, Saunders yesterday, and he was saying that he's happy to go over to Kazakhstan and uh, and fight him over oh, there wow. for a huge payday. Oh yeah, oh my god, that would be a huge they fight. Were about, they were talking about doing that of June last year. Like, remember yeah, that? that was, I don't know if you guys read it, but like, Saunders like, you'll never guess who I have a fight lined up now. Like, I'm in negotiations with now in their home country, and like, he's a champion. Like, we were like, oh, is that is that Golovkin? That has to be Golovkin, right? <laughs> I, I sure they had that. Uh, You're cutting out. I don't like know if it's me. Major event. Are you guys still did there? You, did you guys hear Hello? that, or was that just me cutting out? I I think it may have been an internet issue because I hear I lost both of you guys for just a second there. Ah, okay. Uh, no, but I I was saying last year at this time, or when he was you know negotiating with Saunders, that was. I think Saunders was the backup plan in case negotiations with Golden Boy slash Canelo fell through again. And uh, they had that huge, like, countrywide event or something, like a patriotic event for all of Kazakhstan. And I think they wanted Gennady to be a part of that. Um, But as we know, that didn't happen because he got involved with Canelo. So, you know. Yeah, Canelo ruined everything. Yeah, well, let me ask you, uh, and I'll start with you this time, Michael. Um, what do you make of 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 the criticisms that are being levied against Golovkin and Tom Loeffler um, this past week or two? Where, you know, especially in the Twitterverse, where people are are you know are chiming in saying uh, that Golovkin's ducking guys, or that you know that shame on him for choosing uh, a, a you know a junior or a light middleweight, uh, you know stuff like that. What do what do you make of all that? Is any of that fair? I can see from a fan's perspective, you know, we all want to see the big fight because we've all been waiting sure. for the, the May 5th. And then uh, on a business point of view, you know, he's not going to change and fight somebody, was it like Andrade, who's a southpaw, like a completely different right. style on like two or three weeks' notice. Um, so you've got to look at it two different ways, the business side or the fan side. You know, on the fan side, I'd love to see him fight someone like Buddy Joe Saunders or someone like that, mm-hmm. but it's a different, complete change of style. So it's difficult, I guess. Yeah, uh, how about you, Victor? My whole thing with that is that it actually works both ways. I mean, if Saunders... Well, it doesn't really work in Saunders' case because he was injured, but if you take a guy that also has short notice, you were doing your training camp. That other opponent was not. They just came in on short notice. So you actually have the advantage. I think even if you have to end up doing, like, fighting against an entirely different style that you were training for, you still had the conditioning of that camp that the other guy just didn't have. So... sure. It works out in your favor even then. Okay. But, like, like I, I kind of I agree with you on that, but I also agree with Michael because uh, uh, I tweeted out that I would never expect uh, either Golovkin or anyone else, you know, on such short notice to jump in the ring with one another. I mean, if you're, uh, like you said a few minutes ago, Victor, I mean, you're, you're jumping in with one of the most dangerous guys in the sport, you know, even though he's, he's in kind of, a, you know, early decline. I mean, that punch is still there. He's still got a lot of his ability. And, you know what I mean? You want as much prep time as possible just so that you have a small chance of winning. Um, and if you're Golovkin, 
You know, you you know the people that are saying, oh, you should be in there with Saunders, you should be in there with Andrade, you know, blah blah blah. Anybody that's better than average, I, I don't blame Golovkin or, and Tom Loeffler say, for saying no. We don't want that now because we also need to prepare for that style. You know, three, two, three weeks out just isn't enough time. Um, and I know they always they always throw out that bullshit, uh, you know, uh, excuse of you know we have to, we have to promote the event, but. Uh, like we said last week, Victor, uh, uh, the event sells itself. The quality's there, and you know it doesn't need a lot no. of promotion. I disagree. I disagree there. I think it depends on the fight. Like Canelo and Golovkin, that fight sells itself. Sure. Golovkin versus Andrade, or Darian Vinchenko, okay. or just anyone else they're bringing up. That one does need a bit of promotion. That's not one of the things that like just the casuals are going to talk about, and the casuals are like your most important. That's like your main source of income here. So. Sure. I think you really do need to promote these things. Because nobody knows who Andrade is. Like, we know who he is, but... Right. Oh, of course. Well, let me ask you guys with that, because that, that's a fair point, Victor. That's a good point, actually. Um, what do you both think of... of uh, uh, I can never pronounce his name. Daria Vinchenko's chances against Golovkin if they were to meet uh, at any point in time. I mean, is he a threat right now? I guess I'll go first, then. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Yeah, he's a huge threat. He's actually, he may be the best middleweight out right now. I mean, there's so many names you could throw out that may be the best middleweight that we just don't actually know. I mean, like, based on, like, actual talent, not who's, like, rated number one, but, like, who's actually the best, like, head-to-head. You can mm-hmm. go with, like, a Darian Vincenco. You can go with Murata. You can go with Andrade. You can go with Jamal Charlo. There's a huge list of names right now, and Darian Vincenco is very dangerous. I mean, Golovkin has two wins, I think, over him in the amateurs, but pros different game Golovkin's older Jerry Vincenzo has improved he has a lot of skills there highly technical fighter man that's a problem for anybody but do you think he's experienced enough do you think he has enough action under his belt to to really be to to be that big of a threat because he hasn't had a lot of pro fights he hasn't but the thing is I think when you have a lot of amateur fights and also have those world series wait no that's the tournament world no, I was right. World Series of Boxing fights. I think <laughs> that helps you a whole lot. Like, look at guys like Lomachenko, just like guys that come into the pros of an extensive amateur career. They don't need a whole lot of just like, all right, win here, win here, win here. They can pretty much just like compete at the top level, just right out the gate. And I think that's all Darian Vinchenko is. Okay. Uh, now, what, what do you think, Michael? I agree with Victor. You know, he's, he, he's not had many uh, professional fights, but his amateur pedigree. Um, still a lot of fights there. He's 32 years old. Uh, he's fought some good like, seasoned professionals. Like in his, mm-hmm. I think his ninth pro fight, he fought like Sam Solomon. You know, he's been around the bush. Mm-hmm. So it's not as if he's uh, like new to the sport. He's got a good grounding. Uh, he fought Deshaun Johnson. Um, so I think it'd be good. I still think... If he, unless he catches Triple G or something like that on an off day, I think Triple G would probably take him, but he's definitely a threat. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I, I don't know how much of a threat I see him as, but I agree with you guys that he's definitely a dangerous opponent, especially with Gennady getting older. Um, uh, you know, I don't, but I don't, I don't know. I, I, think, I think both sides would be smart to avoid that fight. Um, I know that Lou DeBell is really pushing it, but, um, I don't know. Maybe maybe the every, maybe those people see the same thing in Golovkin that Canelo and, and Jacobs people saw. You know, said they saw in him uh, when they were so eager to make the fight uh, that you know that something was changing or slowing down. But um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I know Golovkin's taking a lot of heat, and so is Tom for, you know, for not for not you know making some sort of statement or even taking the fight uh, with Drevianchenko. But uh, I just I, I I think that would be bad for both guys on such short notice, and that's something that you know because I think it would be a good fight for as long as it lasts. I think it it deserves more than two weeks of promotion. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know that they'll ever, ever, ever actually meet in the ring together as pros. Um, I think Golovkin's probably going to be tied up with Canelo um, for at least another year. Um, but I guess we have to wait and see. What is it? Two or three more days to, you know, to know for sure. Um, now, did you guys have anything else to add uh, to this whole kind of Golovkin kerfuffle type thing happening out there online? I mean, not really, but did either one of you guys see the Murata fight from today, or has it not been enough time for you guys yet? No, I I did show prep for four hours, and then I came right on the air with you guys. <laughs> I figured. What about you, Mike? you see it yet? Yeah, I saw it this morning. Uh, quite a clean knockout. What did you oh. think about Murata's performance itself, though? I thought he started very slowly. Yes, um, man, dude. What the fuck? Like, yeah. he's done that a few times, but Murata, it's like it took him like four rounds to really get going in there. It's kind of the same thing as the Endom fight or the first Endom fight. He takes a while to get going, and I think the fact that he finished him in eight rounds is kind of bad since Saunders did the same thing four years ago. Like, that's Saunders not even that heavy of a puncher, you know? But you should put a guy like that out a little bit quicker if you're Murata, you know? Yeah, I agree. He started, he started crazily slowly. I, at first, I, I thought he was going to lose because he just <laughs> didn't seem to be doing anything. Yeah, I mean, that's what the end-down fight was, if you recall. Like, the first fight, he didn't do jack shit the first like three or four rounds. Then he won every round after that. But, man, it, he, that's a problem that needs to be fixed out. That is one thing that happens with a lot of these guys that have, like, this big amateur pedigree, though or that come from the Olympics, when they go into the pros, it takes them a while to get started. You can see them pretty much like all of them. Lusik does that. Lomachenko used to do that quite a bit. Uh, who else we get? Darren Lomachenko doesn't do that too much. But it's like pretty much all the like huge guys with amateur pedigrees, they, they take quite a few rounds just to actually get going in there. Yeah, it's kind of mm. like trying to suck the opponent out, trying to find out what they're doing. Um which to try so to negate them or trying to try to counter them, they take the time uh, mm-hmm. before they it's start. So, yeah, it's so yeah. interesting to me because that's actually the opposite of how you approach things with the amateurs. I think maybe <laughs> they're like concerned yeah. about, I guess, like the whole twelve round deal. Like, all right, maybe if I like, I might get tired, just like burn myself out or something like that. I don't know, man. But it's, it's interesting to me. My favorite part sure. of the card was the uh, the entrances. <laughs> Yeah. Did you see that with all the, with the live band and the lights and? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was kind of crazy, a bit different over in Japan. Yeah, Japan is that fight was actually interesting. Just the entire atmosphere because you know, like the Japanese crowd, they're usually like quiet and you can like hear every single punch that lands. And <laughs> that one was more like an American thing to me. I don't know what happened there. You feel like you got like, modeled it on the uh, the World Boxing Super Series. I couldn't hear you. It was like they modeled it on the uh, the World Boxing Super Series with all the lights and the big entrances oh, yeah. and more like WWE kind of style. Yeah, it's actually a good point. I didn't think about that, but yeah, you're right. Huh. Hmm. So would it be fair for me to say that when I do watch the fight later, I, I should just start at round four? 
<laughs> no, don't. Do that. No. <laughs> uh, we'll have to wait and see, I guess. Um, I did want to go over one one more thing with uh, concerning Golovkin uh, and Victor. You and I kind of touched on it uh, late in the show last week, um, and the topic being uh, his career since, or rather, before and after getting involved with Canelo slash Golden Boy. Um, I was online, uh, you know, reading the news like we all do, or all of us, all three of us do all the time. And uh, there was a couple of tweets that came up from guys that I respect in the media. And they were saying, you know, Golovkin may not fight at all on May 5th and may just sit out and wait for the Canelo rematch. And I thought, you know, what, even if I wasn't a fan of the guy, the guy, the guy's an important fighter, you know, in this era. He's one of the best. He's probably the best middleweight out there still um you know and it's like he's become a part-time fighter um you know now he's sitting out chasing the money and i know michael you said a few moments ago or minutes ago that you know it's smart for an older guy to do that but you know as, as a boxing fan as a boxing writer as somebody who observes the sport and has for a long time um i don't get really give two shits about what a fighter makes or you know what his business decisions are or aren't. Um, uh, it's it's interesting to read about, no doubt. But like I want to see, I want to see fighters, not just Golovkin, but anybody that's exciting like that. I want to see him fight often. I want to see him fight tough, and I want to see you know the champions unify and consolidate their their respective divisions. Um, that doesn't you know in the real world that doesn't happen all that often, but. You know, it's always something I'd prefer to see. Um, and early in his career, Golovkin was always tweeting uh, things out with hashtag all the belts. And now, it, you know, that's kind of fallen by the wayside um, and given way to like one big payday, you know, at a time type of thing. Um, am I are, are my feelings or is the steam that that has come off his career? Is that is that just me seeing things or is it completely unfounded or, or you know, am I am I on to something there? No, we're definitely looking at uh, the stagnant style of Golovkin now because I mean, like, nothing's happening right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, and, and and Michael, you can answer this one. I mean, this is, I mean, this kind of inactivity for Golovkin not only kills his momentum, like with the boxing public or the fans, but it stalled his career. And it it certainly can't be doing him any favors physically for an older guy, right? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, I'd like to see him just as a boxing fan. I'd love to have seen him. Sure out again May 5th or even just like delayed it a little bit for like Jacobs or even given someone like Charlo Charlo a mm. fight you know that would have been a, that would have been a good fight to watch mm-hmm. um, or even like another one who was rumoured at the time was uh, just get David Lemieux in there you know, that would have been a good fight I know they've already fought and Golovkin took him out but for the boxing fans it would have been a, a nice fight to watch I mean they're both just standing standing fight plant the feet and they just get in there but mm-hmm. I suppose, you know, once you've been around the boxing world like you have for a while of writing, you have to just put up with all the business decisions and the managers <laughs> just trying to get every edge they can, you know, fighting somebody on the way down, fighting people just for large money. Um, right. Just part and parcel of boxing, I guess. Yeah, no, you're right. The longer you watch it and the older you get, you know, the wiser you get and the more you understand about how... You know, it's more sport than it is business. Or, you know, uh, I think it's Steve Kim that always says... Uh, Boxing is a series of individual business transactions rather than a competitive sport, and that's absolutely correct. Um, for, but for me, as a fan of boxing, 
as someone who loves the sport and a fan of Golovkin himself, and that's you know the style he employs. Uh, it's it's just so disappointing, and I uh, you know to see him go down the path he has, and you know good for him. Make the money, take care of your wife and your son, have a bunch more kids, you know retire you know retire young and you know live your life with without any you know financial worries, but. That's all fine and good, but you know, somebody. I'm here for the fights. I'm, you know, I don't see a red cent of any of that. So, you know, I don't have a horse in that race. So I don't, you know, I, I when that shit gets tweeted out or you know, it it just it doesn't. I guess it doesn't disappoint me because I to be disappointed you have to expect something better of someone or of something. But it's just kind of disheartening because I mean, for what for five four or five years there, Golovkin was just like on this like reign of terror, kind of like Pacquiao was when he started moving up and, you know, knocking everybody out in his path and, you know, grabbing belts here and there all, you know, all the way up to, to Oscar, um, but, uh, or to Hatton, but, uh, Shit, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, yeah. But like, but that, but that, that I'm, I'm, I'm talking about like when it, you know, the start of that Victor, when he, Oh, like Golovkin did, like the start of the reign of terror, like Golovkin probably could still do, you know, 80 or 90% of, or, or is 80 or 90% of what he was, you know, on his best day. Um, and I think he's a threat at middleweight, even when he's 50% of what he once was. But um, it's it's just so disheartening because I feel like the sport itself and its fans are kind of being robbed of, of something really good or maybe even special. Um, and Golovkin's one of those fighters where I saw when he first fought Prosca, and I'd seen him fight a couple of times before that, and I've even gone back on YouTube and watched, you know, fights from years and years before he made his a- debut on HBO back in 2012. But he always he has something in him that when you watch him, you think, or at least I do, I think, man, this guy's a special fighter. He's a special talent. Um, I won't say he's up there in the echelon with the greats, but I always thought, and I still think a little less now that he's getting older, but that that he has that potential to be you know, in that, in that, that, that small group of, of fighters that are, you know, uh, you know, the best of their, the best of their era, the best of their division, you know, all time great. Um, but at this point in his career, especially with, you know, having been or uh, gotten involved with Canelo and golden boy, he's never going to have a chance or an opportunity to, to, to prove that, or, you know, to prove us right or wrong, uh, because he's all, you know, if there's a rubber match with Canelo, you know, he's going to play it safe. He's not, you know, he may or may not go for Saunders, you know, at any point in time, because I think now if Saunders has, has an, has, there's a chance that Saunders can beat him just because he's slowing down and he's chasing more than cutting off the ring. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't have too much more else to say on that, but I took a lot of heat about that online uh, because normally I, I t- normally I take heat for praising Golovkin all the time, you know, and, oh, you're a fan, you're, you're just being biased. And then when I, and then all the people that say, you know, are also Golovkin fans that love it when I praise them, they pissed all over me and gave me shit when I said, you know, I don't like what Golovkin's doing with his career now. This sucks. You know, this is disheartening or this is a little disappointing. You know what I mean? You should, I want to see him do this, this, and this. And they all threw the, the business, the, like, uh, fanagers. I'm sure you guys have heard that term thrown around online. You know, these, these boxing fans. Yeah, managers, fans that act like managers, you know. Are, oh, okay. Are, 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 uh, yeah, they act. They act like they have a financial or personal stake in any given fighter's, uh, you know, business decisions within the sport. And it, to me, it makes me scratch my head. I mean, we can sit here and talk about the business of boxing online. Sometimes it's interesting. Sometimes it's not. But you know, outside of a casual discussion about that kind of thing, it's 
for me, it's just kind of like, well, shut up, shut up and fight, you know, shoot or get off the pot. You know what I mean? If, if you're going to do it, do it. If you're not, then, you know, they all, what do they all, they also say, you know, next man up, there's always somebody else to, to look forward to or to start following. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of at, I, I'm kind of at that point with Golovkin where it's like, I, the shine, kind of the bloom is off the rose, I guess. The shine is off the fighter for me just a bit, um, just because of the path he's chosen to go down. Um, but again, I don't begrudge a man, you know, wanting to earn a, a really good living. So, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Um, now, before we move on to the uh, next part of the show with the Canelo and the NACS uh, hearing discussion, uh, did you guys have anything to add to what I just covered or anything uh, uh, about, you know, this whole Golovkin mess? Yeah, it's a question for both of you. I'll answer last since we'll asking okay. it. How many fights do you think that Golovkin or just any fighter at the age of 36, just a fighter around his age, but Golovkin in particular, how many fights do you think they should be taking a year and why? Uh, Michael, go ahead. You've been quiet for a while. so <laughs> uh, I, I think he'll he'll do the usual two, that kind of Floyd Mayweather thing. He'll probably do one like May, September. Um He'd probably just take two the two biggest paydays he can. Me, I'd like to see him do like three or four, being a fan, you know, just get the few fights in and then just get his career over and done with. He's 36, nearly 37. But he'll probably just do the two the two big big ones uh, every year, the Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather style that everyone started to do. Okay. And now, Victor, you were asking how many do you think he should fight or that he will fight? How many do you think he should fight, and why? Um, like the age in particular, though, we're looking at. Uh, at 36 years old, a fresh 36, I don't think Golovkin's too shopworn or battle-damaged. Uh, given what, what I've been told about the sport by people like you over the entire 33 or 34 years that I've been watching, I think it would service him better as an older fighter to fight often, three or four times a year, Um I think I don't think you know unless you're an up and comer you're going to get too many more fights in that just because of the the business that that you know prohibits that once you once you get on HBO and start to make a name for yourself you know the, all that money and the promotion all those people pulling you in different directions uh, it's just not possible but uh I I I think 3 or 4 would service him well I, like Michael said I agree with Michael as a fan of boxing and as, and as a huge fan of Golovkin I would love to see him fight 4 times a year without exception um but I don't you know I that's with my limited knowledge of you know uh medical knowledge of how you know how the body changes uh, or how a boxer's body and phys- physiology changes as they age um but yeah that that's my take on it Mm-hmm. See, I'm thinking two is actually ideal for somebody of that age, mainly because of the training camps and the fight itself. Even if it's not like a difficult fight, it's going to be taxing your body as the training camp. And because you're older, you're going to need more recovery time than usual. Like, I think one fight a year is really bad for you because if you do that, you're going to end up being rusty. But if you do more than two, I think the wear and tear on your body ends up at a point where it's very detrimental to you to do more than two. And I think two is like the sweet number for that. Maybe three, but I think three is pushing it just because, you know, training camps here. You think uh, you think even at 36, as young as 36, that oh, more God. than two would be 30, bad? Yeah, 36 is old as fuck, man. Like 36 is at a point <laughs> where you're like, <laughs> it's like at a point where you're, a lot of guys are like, done at this point you have to understand like these training camps are rough on you and Golovkin's in particular 
they're they're not easy things that you're doing. Like even if you're a tough guy and your body is like like you said, like you're a fresh thirty six, you're still human. And like nothing has shown me that he's mm-hmm. not gonna respond the same way that right. everyone else has. Right. Yeah, no, I've heard I've heard his training camps are very strict. Um and I know a little bit about what goes on there. Uh, you know, I've been told a few things here and there, but um yeah, yeah, like I said, I've never trained as a boxer, so you know, thirty six in terms of you know lifespan is is fairly young. Um, yeah, lifespan. But, yeah, yeah. But as, as a as a boxer, yeah, you know, most guys, you know, most guys that that are still active at thirty six or have been in wars or you know have have already stamped their place in the sport. You know what I mean? They're usually not doing except for Bernard Hopkins. You're not usually doing anything super important mm-hmm. or making waves. You know, past you know thir- your early thirties. But yeah, that that well, that's really interesting. It's just yeah, it's just kind of sad. I I hate to see I hate to see anybody exciting become a part time fighter. But you know, now let me ask you, Victor, uh, and you may know too, Michael. I I don't know what uh, if if a guy like Golovkin who who hasn't been in a ton of wars where you know he's taken a, a ton of punishment over over the years. Uh, if he only fights twice a year, um, is it good for a fighter like that to stay active in the gym? Or do you avoid sparring or, you know, I mean, is it mostly road work? I mean, what happens, at, you know, in that phase of their, their career and their life? The sparring isn't actually the worst thing. There is the actual gym activity in itself. Because, like, you're pushing yourself very hard in there. And, like I said, your body needs more time to recover. Most of the damage to a boxer, like, as far as, like, not, I'm not talking, like, bruising and just, like, Broken just bones, just like, yeah, that type of thing. That actually happens in the gym, and you're hmm. definitely going to need to give yourself more time to recover than usual. Now, does does that wear and tear, uh, Victor, come from? Or I should, I guess, I should say, does it does the weight draining like have anything to do with it? If guys fought oh, at their natural yeah. walk around weight, would they would they be able to fight longer and be more effective as they got older? No, that's a huge thing, too. It's harder to cut more weight as you get older. So that's also why I'm thinking that Golovkin's going to end up moving up, just because (laughs) even though he's not, like, getting, like, bigger, he – that is really fucking draining on your body. Sure. But, yeah, if you're just, like, fighting at your natural weight, then I guess you could say that – maybe you would do better. Maybe, like, you would improve things just by a little bit, but I don't – I don't know, actually. I have no idea. I can't imagine it would matter that much, though. That much? It's not as taxing as I think? <laughs> I think it depends on how you're doing it, man, because, like, everybody's different. Like, I have some guys that are, like... Well, like, 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 like well, Jared, somebody like Jared Hurd or Brandon, Brandon Rios is an even better example of somebody mm-hmm. who, you know, relied on his, his... And Broner, too, earlier in his career, where they rely mm-hmm. on their, their big size, you know, to make up for their, their, you know, their lack of fundamentals or skill... Um, you know, so they can kind of push, push and punch guys around. But I, I mean, taking that kind of weight off, even when you're a young man, can't. I mean, I, I've heard, I've heard doctors on other podcasts say that that's extremely unhealthy. You know what I mean? But it it's is. Just, it fucks you. That's why I keep saying I need to see these guys move up. It's not because I'm upset at them for being weight bullies. I mean, that's part of it. Sure. But it's also you're looking at organ failure here. You're looking at like a loss of testosterone. You're looking at a lot of problems here. Does, that does that, not does that does your, does your oh, I'm sorry. Was this, does your T actually drop when you when you do that? When oh, you cut weight like that? Yeah. It does. Oh, Jesus, like, it's man. not like 
super, super common, but it does happen. And the more you do it and the stricter that weight cut is, the more likely it is to happen. So okay. that's also a big part of why you see these guys have like a smaller, a shorter shelf life here. And then you have to factor in that because they're having success because they're bigger, when they don't have the ability to cut weight like that, they're going to start losing. And like those losses, that does a lot to you mentally. And so you already like yeah. want to call it quits at that point too. So that adds uh, to it. There's a lot of factors in here. Mm, that's interesting, man. Uh, did you have anything to add to that, Michael? You're very quiet. <laughs> um. Just, I think staying in the gym, like even after your fights, helps. Uh, that's what Billy Joe Saunders was saying that he used to right. uh, he used to take time off, and then that's where it went wrong. And then obviously now, if you look at his condition since changing gyms mm-hmm. and going to Sheffield, um, he was saying staying in the gym even after his fights is one thing. So he doesn't have to try and make weight all the time. You know, he's always bouncing around that kind of like fighting weight. Um, and then obviously with your heavyweights, you know, they don't really have to cut weight. That's generally why that they have kind of like a longer career. They're going into the 30s and even the 40s, like George Foreman. Because obviously right. if you're cutting the weight, you're taking away of a lot of that, that strength and, you know, the sweating down to make those pounds that you have to make in those lower weights because obviously they have to fit into a certain weight category. Whereas in a, in a, as a heavyweight, you can pretty much walk into the ring at whatever you like. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, let me ask you, Victor, again, uh, real quick, um, because Michael made a good point about, uh, you know, the guys that, like Billy Joe Saunders, you know, he changed kind of, uh, he changed up what he was doing or how he was, you know, you know, working his discipline or lack thereof earlier in his career. Uh, does a fighter like, like Golovkin, who is known for staying in shape in between fights, even, you know, long, long waits in between fights, does it help, uh, does it help an older fighter be sharp or remain sharp? Uh, you know, if if he stays in shape between fights, you know, as opposed to somebody like Broner who goes up to 210, becomes a heavyweight, and then goes all the way down to, to welterweight, you know what I mean? Does that does that play a factor, or does that help at all? Yeah, it helps you stay sharp a lot, because, I mean, you have to factor in, like, the training camp again. If you think about it, when you have to dedicate, like, half of your camp, or even more than that, to getting in shape, that's a sure. lot of time that you can't dedicate to your skills, which is a direct correlation to your sharpness in the ring. So okay. well, if you don't point. have to worry about that, you're going to be sharper because, like, all right, I was able to, like, focus on, like, 10 weeks of just, like, sharpening my sword instead of just turning <laughs> this into a fat camp. Yeah, yeah. Instead of getting rid of my belly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's 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 move the show along. Uh, before we ha- hop on to the next part of the show, though, uh, I do want to remind our listeners that they can call us uh, at six five seven three eight three zero three nine one. You can also tweet questions to us. Uh, me at at split the boxing, Victor at seven five seven Vic, and uh, what was yours, Michael? Uh, M Shep ten. Cool. M. M. Shep 10. Uh, if we get any questions there, uh, one one of the three of us will uh, be sure to read those on the air. So uh, have at it, guys. Um, now, we'll go ahead and move on, gentlemen, to the uh, the Canelo and the uh, NAS, uh, NACS, or, sorry, NASC hearing discussion that's coming up in just a couple of days. Um, there's been all kinds of bullshit going on. You guys know what it is. Uh, most of our listeners are going to know what it is. Um, regarding Canelo and his two hot tests um, for clenbuterol. Um, But what I want to discuss today with you, or at least start to discuss with you, is what you guys think is going to happen at this hearing and uh, how long of a suspension 
if he's suspended at all, do you think Canelo is going to receive? Uh, and I guess we can start with you, Michael. Uh, I think I agree with what everyone else is saying on the internet. I think they'll backdate it. He'll get suspended for around six months, and he'll be back out in February, uh, in August. Sorry, um, I'd be surprised just because of the amount of money that it brings to Nevada, the amount of money it brings to the WBC. The WBC straight away jumped and defended him, which was before anything had even been researched. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is kind of odd since the, uh, in the last fight, Canelo mm-hmm. didn't even want to fight for the WBC title. Bro, so, that bro. shit was hilarious when it happened. <laughs> it was I don't think Canelo did anything. I don't know anything. I don't have any information. I, I don't know. I didn't even hear his story, really. But, you know, he didn't do anything. I'm just going to go ahead and say he didn't do anything. Hey, Canelo, please uh, give us more money. We need you. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that aspect of this in just a couple of minutes. So I definitely want to get to that. Um, Victor, how long do you think that, that he gets suspended for? Or do you think he gets suspended at all? He's probably going to get suspended for a year, but it's in a year, uh, like, from the point of the failed test. So, sure. in practical terms, it would be, wait, would it even be that far? I think that's how they generally yeah, do it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, yeah, it's, it so, would be, I think it's August 17th or the 27th where he becomes eligible to fight again. If it's one year with the time served type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think, I think... That I agree with both of you guys and pretty much everyone else. I think it's going to be a one of those retroactive things, and it'll end up being six months. Um, but yeah, I think the, they're the, always the, retroactive. Yeah, the one the one point I wanted to make sure I brought up and, and discussed with you two guys today was the fact that uh, some very respected uh, um, boxing journalists, uh, more than a few actually, are warning basically are tweeting out warnings saying if you think it's only going to be six months or one year, you know, think again or don't rest on your, you know, don't rest on that. Um, uh-huh. I mean, do you think, like Michael said, and I and I agree with him, with all that money Canelo brings to the WBC, to Nevada, to the commission, uh, you know, to, to his promotional outfit, I mean, is there any chance that even if there's let's let's just say for a second here you guys that there's more than clenbuterol in his system or there was and we just haven't heard anything about it um or, or maybe those numbers uh, you know the clenbuterol numbers were higher than what was re- reported uh do you think that there is any chance any chance at all that that it's more than 6 months or a year yeah i mean honestly it should be 2 years Anyway, I think yes. they're going to try to shoot for one year, but it should be two years. Two years, like, is the standard. And then you also have to look in. Like, I know boxing is corrupt, but you also want to keep the appearance that you're not full of shit. And you're looking <laughs> at lawsuits. Canelo competes in a very sure. short time frame because you're talking about a guy that has tested positive for steroids and then is in a sport like box. Well, I mean, not steroids, but like computer all, which, I mean, you can go ahead and we covered this before. I told you like what computer actually does and like how right. you're generally using it. So when you put a guy like that in a sport like boxing, if someone gets hurt, which they should, that is really, really bad. So they might be forced to do it for two years, even though I don't, it depends. That hearing is oh. very, very important how they manage this. 
I, mean, I don't think anyone actually yeah. knows because we don't even have all the information yet. But right. it is interesting and to me that they pushed things back a week and then said their investigation was over already, which was I don't understand why they would push it back a week if that was the case. So it's a lot of weird shit going on right now. Yeah. Well, what do you think, Michael? Do you, do you think there's any chance at all that, that it's it's more than a year or even six months? I think six months. Uh, uh, don't forget, remember when Floyd Mayweather got convicted in court and they let him fight Manny Pacquiao and then hand himself in to go to jail. So Nevada right. are pretty much open to anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's going to bring $300 million to Nevada. Jesus. So... And they get, of course, yeah. everything that goes through the WBC, get, what is it, 8% of the purse. So in everyone's best interests, the the fight goes ahead. Right, so. yeah. Yeah, no, it's unfortunate. I, I would like to see justice served properly here. Cause, uh, you know, uh, if everything that's being reported or, or that I've been told, uh, you know, uh, is is even partially true, I think there's grounds for, for a for a longer suspension, but I tend to agree with both of you uh, on all things. It, uh, e- even with the respected, you know, journalists out there reporting, Hey, don't, you know, don't be surprised if it's more than six months or more than one year. I, I just, I, there's just so much money on the line. I just, you know, it's hard. It's hard to kind of go against that grain, I guess. Uh, but you know, what is interesting. Uh huh. Go ahead. The Mayweather thing is a bit different since USADA is, extra corrupt and they were the ones pretty much in charge of everything and they gave Mayweather a TUE so they actually did have TUE, yeah. Be, yeah, they actually did have grounds to be like oh well nothing happened here because they made it so nothing happened like once you do that it sets the case of well you know nothing's happening because we said it's okay for the Canelo thing you can't you can't be given the TUE for fucking computer off you don't have like an asthma problem or some shit like that so there's Right. There's no way out of that. They can't do like the Mayweather thing here, I don't think. Because like okay. I say, you have to like keep the appearance of you doing like that TUE was them keeping up appearances. They can't do anything like here for the Canelo one. There's nothing you can actually do, and that's just if we like based on the information we already have, which I think there's probably more shit that we don't know about. Because if <laughs> it was just like if it's just like standard, then we this would have been done a little bit quicker. But since they're like yeah. waiting this out so long, there's definitely details that we are hearing about. There's background deals being made. There's, there's a lot of panic in here. I'll say that. Right. Well, just just remember, uh, both of you guys and, and to anybody who's listening, Victor, we talked about this last week and I think maybe the week before. But if the shoe was on the other foot, if this was Golovkin pissing hot for clenbuterol or any other substance, this shit would have been done and over with like on the third or fourth day. Like we wouldn't be talking about this right now because it had been – you know, be in the rearview mirror. He would have been exiled from the sport. You know what I mean? Uh, because he doesn't have he doesn't have the backing that uh, that Canelo has. But uh, what I do find interesting in this guys, and I forgot to mention it when we were talking about Golovkin, is the fact that uh, Tom Loeffler and Gennady had that press conference or, uh, uh, in the middle of last week, where they effectively announced nothing and said, you know, they were just working. They were still working to, to salvage May fifth, um, but basically. Tom isn't going to make any announcements or decisions until after uh, uh, Canelo's uh, hearing is done and over with. So that that says a lot. You know, they're they're trying to salvage the big payday, um, and you know, I think that ties into with what we were just talking about, where or Michael was talking about, where 
there's so much money wrapped up in this and there's so, people getting these you know these percentages of 300 million dollars where you know they're going to they're going to do what they can to save face you know to, to for appearances and for formalities but they're going to make sure that this fight either happens if if not in September definitely next May so would you guys not agree I think that press conference thing where they didn't really say shit but yeah. said that they're going to like when the announcement also tells me that nobody knows anything. Yeah, oh, I have no doubt that, that they're still scrambling, but it just seems kind of, I don't want to say suspicious because I don't think Loeffler and, and Golovkin are doing anything nefarious, but uh, it just seems kind of I odd they that they would, know you know. Shit. <laughs> I yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like yeah. Uh, well, where are, you, where are you at with all this, uh, Michael? Yeah, I agree. It's kind of strange. Like Wednesday or Thursday, yeah. I hear there's going to be a press conference after they've decided <laughs> what's going to go on, but too much money. I think something will, something behind closed doors will get put together in September. Yeah. We'll probably see it. Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree with that. Um, now I want to move it move it along just a little bit, uh, guys, uh, and talk about Canelo specifically. There's been a lot of talk about. Uh, um, you know, the PEDs, the clenbuterol specifically, and, and the testing and how it's not good enough, how boxers aren't made to do enough. Um, and I tend to agree with most of what I've been told, read, and heard um, from some pretty reputable people and, and some, some people who just kind of know the sport casually, but, uh, or, or uh, not, as, you know, not as detailed as some others. But uh, uh, Canelo himself, you know, and the WBC is more specifically has uh, – repeatedly, you know, professed, professed, uh, Canelo's innocence, uh, without ever showing any evidence whatsoever to the contrary, you know what I mean? Or, or either way. Yeah. Man, which, I which wish I, I could have this shit done in court. I wish I could like get arrested for something and yeah. have, just have the judge be like, I don't think he did anything, man. We can just go ahead and skip this shit. Like, yeah. Well, and, and that's what I was getting to Victor. It, it's one of those things where it's like when I, and we've all, I'm sure you guys too, because it, you know, life is pretty much the same for everybody with, with a few, you know, big differences, but we all experience a lot of the same things. So we've all been accused of shit as kids and adults where, you know you didn't do something, and when you have evidence that proves your innocence or disproves their guilt, you know, the guilt that somebody's throwing on you, aren't, aren't you guys you, like me in that you usually are, like, chomping at the bit to, to be like, hey, look, hey, fuck you, I'm innocent. This is why. Look at this right here. I fucking told you. Um, I mean, am I the only one that, that, does, that jumps on that opportunity when you're wrongly accused of something? Because, I'm black, so I can't really do it exactly like that. Well, but yeah, no, 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 no. Well, I, 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 yeah, I didn't mean. Oh no, no, we're gonna, we got to be careful. We're gonna trigger somebody out there, man. But, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I don't know how it is for English people, Michael. But, I, but, and yeah, and Mike, Michael's here. Are, are you, are you, are you, are like on a work visa, Michael? Or are you a permanent resident, or, or are you a, a like a full-fledged citizen? Uh, my, my wife's from uh, over here, so I'm actually in the protest citizenship. Oh, okay, cool, cool. That's cool. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, uh-huh. uh, if we did that. We like he would get deported immediately, and I would get arrested. Like if you leave, like, <laughs> like exactly how that would go. And 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 and, 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 and my charge. <laughs> 
and, and my charges would be dismissed because I look like an old white man. <laughs> exactly. As long as they don't find out that you have Mexican, you're fine. But yeah, but yeah, yeah. The second that happens, I've got some real fucking problems on my plate. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't. No, but I don't yeah, know. But you're I know exactly right. You like you yeah. do do something like prove your innocence. You don't just like sit back and be like, ah, I didn't yeah. do anything because you know I didn't do anything. Yeah. Like. Yeah, it's, fucking, it's like, uh, the meat story is bullshit. Just like prove yeah. something, man. Show us the receipt yeah. somewhere. And, 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 that, and, and that's the thing. I, I'm a skeptic. Like that's one of the things I'm into. I'm into skepticism and, and that kind of thing. So like, I, my position, my posi- my default position on on important questions or you know huge allegations is always doubt or, or a wait and see attitude. It's, you have to show me something. Show me evidence. And in Canelo's case. The evidence says that he pissed hot, that he had something in the system. Now, we don't officially know whether he had the clombuterol in his system because he was eating tainted Mexican meat prepared by his two Mexican ex-butchers. You know what I mean? Uh, or, or that, Not just that. They're a fucking yeah. professional. They're in the sport of boxing. Everyone, yeah, every yeah, fucking yeah. athlete knows that the shit there is. Remember when people always use fucking evidence that remember when they had the soccer players in Mexico and they all got caught? <laughs> They pretty much like hundreds of. <laughs> did you know that none of them were Mexican? Because the fucking Mexican people knew that because they already know what happens in their fucking country. I did not everyone, know that. <laughs> yeah, everyone leaves that fucking part out. Every single person, not a single one of those motherfuckers was Mexican. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I want to see. I want to see Golden Boy, Canelo, the WBC, all these people that are professing Canelo's innocence. Come up with something that says, yes, I did piss hot, but here's why. Here's the evidence that says, yes, it was tainted meat, or yes, we made a mistake, but, you know, something happened. I wanted, without that, you know what I mean? Being a skeptic, or, you know, I, I can't accept that he's innocent without some sort of evidence because the tests show that he did something wrong, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or something went wrong. So, you know, especially the WBC, I know we kind of covered this already, but it was, you know, with Mauricio Suleiman and his, the bullshit that falls out of his mouth every day. It, you know what I mean? It, it's like, it's like, shut the fuck up. We know, we, you know, we know Canelo brings in a lot of money for the WBC and you know, I, maybe it's a Mexican thing over there. I don't know, but it's like, fuck, man, let's, let's have some intellectual honesty. You know, I, even in a corrupt sport, there's room for some some amount of honesty, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't expect Shit. Canelo. No, no. no. <laughs> well, I, I don't expect Canelo to come out and be like, hey, you know, yeah, you know, I made a mistake. I made a bad decision and decided, hey, I need this drug or needed this substance to, you know, do this or whatever. But it's just like, fuck, man, shut, shut the fuck up with all this, this innocent bullshit or, the, you know, these proclamations of innocence when, you, when you're not prepared to show anything. You know what I mean? It's just it's, it's driving me fucking nuts, man. I, 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 you know, and with that said, uh, to kind of segue into the next part, which is of the discussion, which is tied into this, um, I'm of the opinion that all boxers within the top 10, maybe even the top 15 of any sanctioning organization should be made or should be required to have 365 24-7 testing uh, done from VADA uh, and that they should also submit hair samples. Um, and I came to that conclusion based on uh, some research I did into into hair testing and, and, and how the different PEDs and people with different hair colors, you know, the, how they react to tests. Um, yeah, I, I don't know why I don't know why Canelo wouldn't submit a hair sample 
after what I've read, just to say, hey, look, fuck you guys. I'm innocent. You guys are clowns. You don't know what you're talking about. Instead, you know, he's got his mouthpieces talking for him, but not really doing anything of substance. So, like, where do you guys stand on all this? All right. So, two points. One, more of a joke, but I'll say it anyway. <laughs> Canelo's story is ex. I don't know if you guys read about this, but it happened like, I guess, a week ago where some woman got caught with cocaine in her purse and then she tried to say that the fucking wind blew it in there. She has no idea what the fuck happened. What? That's what, yeah, that's what Canelo's story is like <laughs> to me. Like, the wind blew the cocaine in my purse. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Before you guys go on with your analysis of it, it kind of reminds me of something similar. Um, you, heard, I, I used to hear it a lot more when I was a young man, uh, especially in my teens, like when I was still, you know, an older kid. Uh, guys in their twenties or thirties would 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 hook up with some teenager, you know, and they were sixteen or seventeen, and they get busted. You know, she told me she was eighteen. Yeah, bullshit. That that, that ignorance, oh. like the ignorance defense, never holds up in court. You know what I mean? It's it, bullshit. She looks like she's in fucking high school, dude. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? Exactly. So and it's the same thing with this tainted meat. A fucking Mexican fighter that lives in in Mexico at least part time works with two Mexican butchers on his team, and and they're all three of them are aware of the problem down there. Mm-hmm. Are are gonna say that? Oh, oops, we ate tainted meat. Fucking bullshit, man. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. So, like it's negligent at best, and in which case you still get punished for fucking negligence. So, sure, sure. what are we doing here? Yeah, yeah. What What do you think, Michael? Yeah, I agree. It's just kind of like a pitiful excuse, you know. I'd imagine yeah. with the money he's worth, he'll be eating at all the fancy restaurants. I don't think he's going to be walking through Mexico eating tacos from a stand. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Going up to Tijuana to the street taco stands. <laughs> yeah, so I kind of. I think the WBC, like, because obviously he rejected that belt, I think that Mauricio Suleiman saw a chance to, to kind of take him under his wing and be like, hey, Canelo, I'm going to support you. We're best friends again. Let's fight for the WBC because you're going to make me a lot of money. So Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, I thought that was weird too, guys. But go ahead, Victor. So about what were you saying about, like, the testing for, like, 365 for everyone? I don't think yeah. that's actually feasible. I'm pretty sure Vada doesn't actually have the resources to do that for every fighter. Like it's actually it's a lot of money that we're looking at that I don't think Vada actually has. Like it's a good idea, but I don't think it's practical at all. Like I don't think it can happen even if people wanted this to happen. And then also about the hair samples. Hair samples from what I understand, like I'm not familiar with this one at all, but from what I've been reading you need you need to test for certain things for hair samples. Like, you can't just outright just be like, all right, here's a hair sample. You have to, like, all right, so we found this in your blood. Now we can do a hair sample to test exactly for this. Because, like, the, uh, the blood and the urine test provide a baseline. And then also it, like, it catches things. Like, you have to test for a thing, basically, is what I'm saying. Like, you can't just be like, mm-hmm. all right. You know how, like, this is hair sampling or hair samples test, they seem to work the way drug testing did in, like, the fucking 80s, I want to say, or maybe it was the <laughs> 90s, where you have to actually test exactly for that substance rather than, like, the oh, okay. levels of something. I'm pretty sure that is how this works for hair sample testing. 
Okay. But in Canelo's well, case, I, w- it would work since we know about the computer role, so you could do that for him. Right. Well, what I what I read and what I was told by somebody in the business uh, or late last week was, uh, or just prior to the weekend arriving, was that uh, hair tests. It's still the science is still shaky on it, and they're working on it so that it can become a thing like down the line. But that. Uh, a hair test not only tells you what drug was is in the person's system, but how much uh, and how long. And uh, they're working on ways to determine through a hair sample uh, um, to show so that it can show you whether or not it was ingested like through through a food product or it was actually taken in pill or a shot. You know what I mean? They'll be able to tell things well, like that. That part you can determine just from the numbers itself. If you're dealing with just like getting trace elements of it, the numbers are going to be like much lower anyway, which is why from what the numbers that uh, Golden Boy posted, not even Vada, but like what Golden Boy posted themselves, why I was like 100% sure that Canelo didn't get it from Tainted Meat because it was too close. It wasn't actually a nanogram. It was like 0.8 or like 0.6 or some shit like that. But that is still way a violation, high. yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, anything is a violation. I mean, for computer all, it's not a uh, <clears throat> quantitative ban. It's a qualitative ban. So, like, anything right. is a right. violation. But it's right. too high. Like, it's way too high to be trace elements. Like, that's what I mean. It's a trace element, technically. But, like, what I mean is, like, it's too high for you to have gotten that through meat. Right, right. <laughs> well, uh, well, what do you think, Michael? Do you think – what kind of testing would you like to see? And what kind of testing do you think would be effective, like – to stop this kind of shit. I'm kind of with you. You know, it'd be nice to have it all year round, but whether that's cost effective, probably not. Um, I think that the people who are in the top 10, maybe even the top 15 should be tested regularly, whatever Mm -hmm. that is cost effectively, whether that's every two months or every three months, something like that. Um, because I know, like, when we spoke before, I remember the David Price, Povetkin. David Price said that he didn't get tested once, so Povetkin probably didn't get tested at all. And he's known exactly. as a cheat. Well, so, I'm sure they're right. Povetkin. Now, the thing about Povetkin is not that he's known as a cheat. Like, the Meldonian thing is weird and actually a lot more complicated than people try to act like it is. And then the Osterine thing is shady as fuck on the parts of the UCLA lab. Like, Povetkin... Based on the information that we have, he may not have done anything at all. Like we can go into it more if you like, but it's a very interesting story. Well, we could do that, but let me ask you guys first, uh, because you guys brought up the co- you know, the the the, the cost effective, uh, you know, the cost problems uh, associated with testing, drug testing mm-hmm. all the time, twenty four seven, three sixty five. Um, I'm of the opinion uh, as well that the boxers, the the guys in the top ten or fifteen should should pay for that out of pocket. Um, <laughs> the fuck? Nah, that's oh, no. terrible. Mm-mm. No, because no, I mean somebody like somebody like Golovkin or Canelo. I mean, what the twenty, thirty grand that it, that it would cost for a year? I mean, you know, Bro, that's nothing. You, you are know? over. Okay, look at it like this. Julian Williams right now, he is a top 10 light heavy, or not light heavyweight, but junior middleweight, right? Like, undebatedly top 10. He's ranked in the top 10, right? Uh-huh. You know how much he got paid for his last fight, which is also the first fight he's had this year? I, I have no idea. $40,000. Jesus. <laughs> and so, he doesn't no, see probably, but... Exactly, because you have to deal with tax. You have to like go with your uh, right. just your fees. Everybody gets so he probably cut. took away. Yeah, yeah, he probably took away at the absolute most. I'm sure it wasn't even this much, but the absolute most, 
$30,000. So you cannot have the boxers pay out of pocket for this. But that's, that, that's one thing we're not going to do. No, no. What about what about champions? Somebody like a Golovkin or somebody like a Joshua? You know, somebody at the top that's making big money. I mean, there's only like a handful of guys that are like Golovkin, like Joshua. Obviously, like is right. at the absolute top, and then you have like Canelo, Golovkin. Canelo's not even a champion, but you have that. And then after that, you're not looking at guys that are making that much money, man. It's it's not feasible for them to do this then you have to like factor in all the other fees you have to go with like, your sanctioning fees for the belt in the first place you have to go with like, your taxes you have to go with like the manager fee you have to go with, right. like, there's a lot of shit in there it's not feasible man like there's a couple of guys that can pay for that but like look at uh look at especially the guys in the lower weight classes look at fucking one get he arguably should be pound for pound number one i don't think he is but you can go with that you can argue that he should be because his wins are for roman gonzalez mm-hmm. could he pay for that out of pocket at his weight class? Probably, no, he could probably not. Probably not. No, he, yeah, so, probably he's not. He's a champion. And then, like, yeah, what's I, the uh, other champions, too? This is not something that's nah, this, this is not the move. Yeah, yeah I, it's, yeah, it's, it's tough, man, because it's, it, you know, I, I hate it when, when guys cheat uh, in boxing. I just, you know, it, it just puts a kind of a damper on everything. And it, you know, like, and like in this case, it's not only going to hurt Canelo's career, but, you know, that'll probably hang over his head the rest of his life, you know, no matter how Dude, well he does. But, not just hurting yeah. Canelo's career, but look at the fans that were trying to fly out to Vegas to watch this fight where this shit is now canceled. Right, right. Like, well, it affects, it affects both rough. sides, right. Yeah, and, and the fans, I mean, people have hotel, they paid for hotels and, mm-hmm. you know, they've taken time off of work, found somebody to watch mm-hmm. their kids. All of the shit you got to deal with to travel for a big fight, and a lot of those things, a lot of those places aren't giving refunds from what yeah, I've been told. Exactly. So, yeah, they're out. Like, they're out. You know, hundreds of thousands those, of dollars. Exactly. Well, I wouldn't like maybe not hundreds of thousands. Well, yeah, yeah, it's collectively sure. But like, I don't think that. Um, I know Vegas is giving refunds for that fight, but again, you're looking at hotels, flights. Yeah, they're the hotels. definitely not. <laughs> Sure, so, sure. Yeah, you're you're extra fucked there. I guess you can use this as a vacation. <laughs> guess that's the best you can do now. Right. Hmm. Yeah. I, I just I wish there was a way to implement the kind of testing that Nonino uh, Donaire did, and one other guy I forget his name. Where it's you I know whether Tim they Bradley have. Did the same thing. Yeah, I think I think Tim Bradley did. Um, but I also, in addition to the to the year round like day night testing that I'd like to see in the sport uh, for the, you know, the top ranked guys. I also think someone uh, that gets suspended for uh, PED should, uh, should have mandatory testing done while they're on suspension because definitely, I mean, I mean, in Canelo's case, if he is, if he is the cheater that many of us believe or think he might be, then I mean, it's he could go and cycle back on. Correct. Victor, while he prepares for the rematch in September, yeah, it depends on how they're doing the uh, testing, but yeah, he definitely right. could. Right, because he's left to his own device while he's on suspension. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, how about you, Michael? What do you think of all that? It'd be nice, you know, in a perfect world to have year-round, but I just yeah. don't think, like you guys are saying, I just don't think it's going to be feasible just with the amount of money and then each boxer is going to have to tell everybody where they are, you know, if he goes on vacation. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Yeah. What's that like yeah. another thing what, too? Because he's forgot to tell them that he's he's gone down the street, the street and stuff like that. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's tough. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, hopefully, 
I think it's it's more realistic to to hope for you know better you know the science behind the testing gets better um you know i think that'll happen or it definitely will happen before they implement you know a greater deal of testing but uh, uh i did want to ask you guys too did anybody did was i the only one out of the three of us that that found it odd that uh, canelo uh was not part of the clean boxing program wbc clean boxing program uh before and during the oh. first uh, golovkin fight yeah, it was weird, but the WBC clean boxing program isn't what people think that it is at all. How so? Well, they actually don't test you that often at all. Like it's okay. been proven that they don't test you that often. Two, sometimes they don't even do Vada. They'll do USADA, and USADA is known to be corrupt. So right. there's that, too. So they like to act like they're cleaning up the sport, but they're pretty much just weaponized drug testing. It seems to be an issue where, like, if you pay them enough money, pay, like, the WBC enough money, they won't bother you, but they'll bother your opponent for you. Like, that's what it seems like they're doing. It's extra fucked up. I don't support the clean bot. Like, I like it in theory. Like, if they actually sure. handled it correctly, and it was, like, if it was to be what it's advertised as, then I would support it. But for what they're doing now, it's extra fucked up because it's not a level playing field now. Cause like I said, they will test your opponent more than you. And I think they're doing that shit on purpose. Like nothing tells me that they're not doing that on purpose. So what you're actually doing is making it so one guy can cheat and the other guy can't, which is extra fucked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, how about you, Michael? Where are you at on that? I agree with uh, what Vicky just said, really. I think you nailed it on the head. It just seems like it's, it's, <laughs> made out for the fans and the public to think like, oh, you know, the WBC, they're out there, they're testing everybody, but in reality, behind closed doors, they're not. They're not, right? Yeah, I tend to agree with that, too. I just thought it was strange that uh, you know, I, when I looked it up, and, and I'd seen other people say say things about it, that he wasn't part of that program, and I thought, what the hell is that all about? You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah. I, but I've, never, I've never really taken uh, the WBC's clean boxing program too seriously, and, and then when I see, you know, uh, Mauricio Suleiman and, and other people associated with the WBC, you know, profess uh, Canelo's innocence when they have no evidence to show that, you know, after two positive tests, it just it it, it makes me even more skeptical of of that program and anything like that. So um, exactly, but, like if you're gonna pretend to be an authority on the subject where you can even do this, you have to be as impartial as possible. Like Vada does, you've never seen like Vada even issue out a statement on fucking anybody. They just do the testing and right. like, that's it. Right WBC now, what I would out here, like I don't think Canelo did anything. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah. You know something we don't know, you know. But like, yeah. And, and, and again, going back to the idea, you know, an ideal boxing or ideal sport or boxing world. Uh, in addition to the three sixty five twenty four seven, I'd like to see all of the all of the sanctioning bodies adopt some kind of some kind of you know drug testing program. You know, much that's you know much more legitimate than the one we have now and much more effective too. Um, but, uh, did you guys have anything else to add to the, to the Canelo, you know, drug discussion or should we just move the show along? I'm actually kind of sick of discussing Canelo's. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's just, it's one of those things that's so much that uh, we could, we can make an entire show out of it because there's so much bullshit and corruption, you know, in the, in the, in that yeah, whole thing. It's outrageous. Yeah. Like I don't have uh, anything else to add about it. Okay. Okay. Go, uh, anything from you, Mike? No, I agree. I'm good to move on. Okay. Um, the other big news um, 
that happened, what was that? I think it was Thursday. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Frank Warren announced that uh, he not only signed Tyson Fury, but that his fighter is going to return to the ring on June 9th of this year uh, in Manchester against an as-of-yet unnamed and probably nondescript opponent. Um, now, normally, guys, when we see TBA, I know as fans of the sport, we kind of all go, oh, fuck, you know what I mean? Uh, like Keith Thurman versus TBA, you know what I mean? Um, uh, but in Fury's case, I mean, this is a guy that's coming off of a two, a two plus year layoff. Uh, he had a weight problem, a lot of, uh, some drug problems, uh, and a lot of psychological stuff going on. Um, are you guys as forgiving as I am on this one where you're not expecting him to jump in the ring with, you know, you know, number th- rank number three or four in, in the heavyweight division? I mean, Fury shouldn't be fighting anybody that's really good right now. Layoff, problems. Right. He should be fighting TBA right now. David Price. (laughs) Price might be too dangerous for him right now. Well, maybe like right now. Maybe if they like fight in June, like immediately after the fucking put back to knockout, then yeah, maybe that's that's a good fight for him. Well, let me ask you, Michael, what what do you make of uh, of Fury's return and uh, do you, I mean, do you think this guy is going to be a real threat to either Wilder or Joshua at some point down the road? Uh, I think if he gets his if he gets his head right, he gets himself physically fit because he's had what two years off, and there's been other heavyweights in back back in the day, like Muhammad Ali had three years off. Tyson, I think, was out for kind of like four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank Bruno, he was out for like two years, maybe three years, and came back and. They all came back around 28, 29, 30 years old. I know, obviously, Tyson's is kind of different because his was obviously substance abuse, depression, and obviously that added weight. But, you know, other people have done it, and he's still got the skills. I think we all agree that. It's just whether he's got it mentally. Because, um, obviously, right, you know, it's, right. it's, a lonely, it's a lonely spot. You haven't got – it's not like soccer or football where you've got the rest of the team to help you. Once he's in that ring, he's by himself. So right, right. mentally, he needs to be prepared. Um, I think coming in, I think even Frank Warren said it in the when he came back, like three or four journeymen, local taxi drivers, blast them out before he fights anybody good. Um, I was listening to a Billy Joe Saunders interview yesterday, like I was saying, and obviously he's good friends with Tyson Fury, and he was saying that um, Tyson's already contacted Shannon Briggs, uh, wants to have a couple of fights and then fight Shannon. Um, that would be a good fight for the fans. They're both lunatics. So, you know, it's going to be a oh good fight. <laughs> oh my God! I think I think I think Shannon's a couple of years older than me, though. That's that's even for cab drivers. I think that's kind of kind of a lousy pick for for Fury. Oh man, I I hadn't heard that. That's I, a yeah, good pick, I, man. That's a great oh, fucking pick. That's that's the move right there, actually. In terms of entertainment, in in terms of uh-huh. entertainment value, I don't disagree. But I mean, I I think Shannon's what forty six or seven now, and Tyson's twenty nine. Uh-huh. So. Yep. Uh, now, how, let me ask you guys, because uh, Michael said three or four, three or four journeymen or cab drivers. You know, I'm okay with that. You know, given uh, Fury's circumstances, uh, you know, that led to his, his temporary retirement. But uh, how how long is it going to take to get those four cab drivers under his belt? Are we talking two years, one year, four years? You know, what do you guys think? I think we need to put Fury on a three-year plan before we see him like at top level again, if he can even do that. You you think he does um, more than two fights a year, Michael? 
it, it, when he first when he first started and, and he turned pro, he was one of the guys that would fight regularly. Uh, uh-huh. If you look back at his record on BoxRec, he used to have three or four fights a year. Um, I think he knows that he needs to, and because I think maybe the way that he is, like mentally, he needs to keep himself in the gym. He needs to keep active. Um, I, I could see him probably doing like three or four fights a year. You know, it's not when you're fighting those types of guys, he shouldn't really be taking a lot of rounds. He shouldn't be taking a lot of punishment. So, um, I mean, I, I think he could. It's just well, only time will tell, I guess. Right. No, that's a good point. Uh, now, where do you, where do you guys? Uh, and, and this is kind of going to lead into something funny, but where do you guys see Fury in, in say, two years if, if he gets these three or four journeymen out of the way? I mean, if he's focused and he's fit and, you know, he's, he's got his his marbles together upstairs, you know, and he, he's focused on uh, on the prize. I mean, is this, is this guy, does, does Tyson have the skill set, the power, the strength? I mean, we didn't know he has the size, but does he have those other attributes uh, that are needed to to you know give s- someone like Joshua or, or Wilder a problems or even beat those guys. Wilder, maybe Joshua. No, no. How about you, Michael? The thing is, I, I, I'll be honest. I wasn't <laughs> a big Tyson Fury fan to begin with, and sure. he proved me wrong by beating Kalichko. Um, I think. It, Skill-wise, he's good. I just think he doesn't have the greatest chin. Uh, he hasn't got knockout power, so he needs to he needs to, he needs to give you multiple punishments, obviously get you out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He's more of a 12-round fighter. He just kind of negates your skills and then takes the victory. Um, I could see... I don't think he'd beat <laughs> Joshua, and I think Wilder would be too much. Wilder's so unorthodox that it just... Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even need to connect with you fully and he knocks you out of there. Look at him. Like he punches you around the back of the ear and knocks you out. You know, he's just such a strange right. style. Right. Well now now here's here's where here's where I'm gonna piss a lot of our listeners off and a lot of my readers as well. Um I know you joined into the, the, the pre the pre on air discussion uh kind of at the conclusion of it, Michael, but uh, Victor and I were discussing Tyson Fury and something Klitschko Vladimir Klitschko said about Tyson Fury. Uh he said uh I guess they were asking Vlad about what he thought about Tyson Fury, and Klitschko said, like a fart in the wind, it's there and it's gone. In the history of boxing, there are a lot of examples of this kind of guy. They can be successful for a time, but are not disciplined enough to continue to be successful. Um, Now, here's the part that's going to make a lot of people angry. I tend to agree with that. I tend to agree with Vlad. Um, And I know, Victor, you do to to some degree at least. Um, I was never... A, a, not a fan, but I was never a, a, a believer in Tyson Fury. I, I, I see the guy's skills. He can box, uh, but he, like you said, Michael, he doesn't have a lot of power, so he has to kind of finesse his way around the ring, you know, and, and go 12 rounds with you and beat you that way uh, and take away, you know, take away your tools. Um, but outside of the Klitschko fight, like, Fury's done nothing of note, I think. And with the Klitschko fight, I think he caught... I think he caught Klitschko like a lot of boxers do with other guys. Uh, they caught him at the right time. Uh, he was, he was uh, you know, in his 40s. He was not really, you know, focused or dedicated on his craft, to his craft anymore. Had a lot of, uh, you know, personal distractions and stuff happening outside the ring. Um, and, and, and again, I know other people, people are going to give me shit for it, but I don't think Tyson Fury, the Tyson, or the Vladimir Klitschko that Tyson Fury beat, uh, 
would, or I'm sorry, that that Joshua beat um, would lose to uh, to Tyson Fury. I mean, where you guys stand on all of that? Well, I don't have too much to say about that in particular, but I will say that the heavyweight division is really, really weak right now. So it's not that yeah. far-fetched to think that Tyson Fury, if he can return to his old form, can be right at the top of it. Okay. Michael? Uh, it's stronger than it was when he was originally there because of Kalichko kind of dominated it. And then after he oh, beat sure. Kalichko, I think one of his major problems was that, I mean, I was living in England at the time, is that he, he won and he was obviously the undisputed heavyweight t- t- champion of the world. And he didn't still have that respect. I think because of the way that he is, he looks aesthetically. And the way that he's a kind of a crazy guy that in the English public didn't really take him that, that well to begin with the first time around. And I think that was kind of the reason he kind of like slipped into depression. He's kind of like, what more do I need to do? You know, I'm the undisputed yeah, yeah. title of the world and I'm still not overly loved by the public. Um, and then I think now with him being surrounded by his friends, you know, and like Billy Joe Saunders, he's with Brendan Ingle and Dominic Ingle over in Sheffield, mm-hmm. got that Kel Brook. The, the, the your five brothers he's in that kind of camp he's always staying in camp I think that that now is going to help him mentally to uh, to not slip up outside of when he's fighting when he's not in camp you know he's not going to have those distractions away from away from camp to uh, to start drinking obviously using the substances like he was using before so sure. you know, hopefully that, that helps him out when he comes back fitter stronger than before because it's going to be exciting for us as fans. Anthony Joshua, yeah. Wilder, Tyson Fury. You know, I'd like to see it work. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm with you. I mean, I, I'm not a huge Fury guy or supporter, but you know, if 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 a third guy can enter the mix and you know he's on his game and he's a he's a credible threat, I I think it just makes the division you know all the more exciting uh, because especially right now, like Victor said, it's a it, it's a really weak division right now. Uh, you've got kind of a two-headed dragon sitting up top. You know, one head is much higher than the other, and you know, I and you, what's funny also, too is, yeah, what, what's funny too is I didn't realize how old Deontay Wilder was. For some reason, I mm-hmm. thought that guy was 28 or 29 years old. He's going on 34, yeah. so like that 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 slide is going to start sooner rather than later. So I'm hoping, my hope is that if Fury is you know, Fury comes back and is successful that he does so and he, he looks really good and he's, you know, on top of his game because, uh, you know, one of the, the you know, Wilder isn't going to be around too much longer one way or the other, no matter how you slice it. So uh, Joshua's either probably going to take him out or, or he's, you know, he, somebody's going to get him because he's getting older and he's got enough problems without age creeping up on him. So, you know, if Tyson, if Tyson enters the mix and is, is doing well, then, you know, I, I can't see it being bad for fans or even for the sport, you know. And like you guys were saying, the a possible matchup with Shannon Briggs, even though it's kind of odd from a, from a physical standpoint, you know, or an age standpoint, I mean, the, the, just the shit talking and, and antics alone would wouldn't make it worth watching, you know, to to a large degree. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Um, I don't know what else to say about Tyson Fury. I, I it's one of those things. I didn't think he was going to come back at all. Um, so he's proved me wrong already once, um, and I don't know how effective he's going to be now. Well, um, no. uh-huh. to me, it doesn't matter if you come back and you're shit. Like anybody could just like come back and show up in like any state 
and just sure. be in the ring. It's entirely different to come back than look like a fucking pro boxer. So you're not wrong yet. We don't know. Still okay. up in the air. Okay, and that's fair. And well, my other question with this was, uh, if he does the three or four cab drivers, you know, or journeymen, uh, does he go straight from from the final journeyman into a fight with a Wilder or Joshua, or does he then he does he have you know is he going to say, well, I want three or four more fights against uh, you know guys on on the level of Louis Ortiz, you know, what I mean, somebody somebody like that, or you know, what do you guys think he does? Well, what would be smart? It has to be like on the level of Ortiz and not actual Ortiz, because Ortiz is going to be dead by that point of old age. But, oh, yeah. But, yeah uh, <laughs> I, like I said, I think we're going to have to put Fury on the three-year plan. I don't think we're going to see him just after three fights. Things going to be three years before we see him okay. like doing anything at all of note. Yeah. Well, like I said, and with Wilder going on 34 this year, like that'll put Wilder where you know Golovkin's at, or even past that. So that'll be that'll be interesting, man. I I, I don't know. Uh, do you guys have anything else to add to the Tyson Fury discussion? Or should we just not until wait and we see? actually see this bad box? Like until that point, I, yeah. I'm not excited, man. Right. Yeah. I, nor am I. What about you, Michael? Yeah. Just talk about him once he gets in the ring and we actually see him. Right, right. Well, I guess we'll do that on, what, seven days after the 9th. That's, what, the 16th? So we can talk about that on June 16th. Um, we'll move on. Let me remind the listeners one more time uh, that if they want to call in, they can do so at 657-383-0391. All right. Uh, the last bit of uh, news and notes actually isn't news and notes at all. It is uh, the fight preview uh, for this coming weekend. Uh, and that first fight, oops, my notes just dropped off my screen. There they are. Uh, we've got Carl Frampton versus Nonito Donaire um, in kind of what I view as a crossroads fight. Um, how do you guys view this fight, and who do you guys think takes it? Frampton should definitely win this. He's actually been promising a master class from this one, like the best of Frampton. I don't think we're going to see that at all, but I think... <laughs> I think Donero has a whole lot to offer in this fight. I see Frampton winning probably by knockout just because... Wow, really? Dude, Donero is... I know Donero is washed, but yeah. yeah. Well, what about you, Michael? Uh, how do you see this playing out? I kind of agree with Victor again. Uh, I think Frampton should win. I think he's bigger, younger, more explosive. Uh, he's mm-hmm. got a good ability to land vicious counters. Um, it's been a while since Bonaire has been in the ring with anybody like Carl Frampton, really. It's mm-hmm. kind of have to see whether he's got anything left in the tank to, to go blow for blow with someone um, like Frampton. You know, he's, he's a vicious puncher. He's not knocked anybody out since 2015 when he fought uh, Chris Avalos, but he does have the power to do it. So, Sure. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with both of you guys. I don't know that it ends in a knockout, uh, but I'm definitely picking Carl Frampton to win one way or the other. Um, I think uh, Donaire is just... I think he was washed a long time ago, but, uh, uh, you know, time isn't isn't kind to fighters, even those that take care of themselves and, and win all the time. So, uh, yeah, I, that'll probably be the last time we see Donaire on any kind of major major fight card, I think. But uh, now, the other fight happening, or one of the other fights happening this weekend on Showtime, guys... Uh, I think it's the headliner on the Showtime card is the fight that the entire boxing world has been waiting to see. Uh, and that's Adrian Broner versus Jesse Vargas. Um, I think 
I think Broner probably wins this fight, um, but given his lifestyle and uh, you know his 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 attitudes and his lack of discipline and dedication, uh, sh- you never know, man. You never know. Uh, Michael, who do you have uh, winning this fight and why? Uh, I was at the uh, Jarrett Heard Lara fight last week, and I was speaking to a few people, and they said that Broner was taking camp a lot more seriously. He's kind of realized that he's at a crossroads. Um, he'd be, ha- actually been picking some good sparring partners um, instead of just giving him some gimmies, you know, to make himself feel good. Um, uh-huh. I, I think Broner might take it, but I, I, I like Vargas better. I mean, I've met him. He's a nice guy. Uh, I think he's skilled. I think he's actually kind of underrated. He's only ever he lost to Manny Pacquiao and uh, Tim Bradley. Um, sure. I think he picked his punch as well. It just depends if Broner turns up and does his usual, just tries to look flashy with not much product. I think Jesse Vargas will take it. But if the rumors yeah. are true and Broner, you know, had a good few slaps around the face from somebody and kind of told him you're wasting your career, then I think <laughs> Broner may take it. So. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a tough one. What about you, Victor? Broner wins by robbery. Jesse Vargas should be the winner of this fight. I think he's actually the better fighter in this case. Broner has never actually impressed me, and I honestly think he lost to Adrian Granados last time, but he got the decision. I see this fight going like that, only more lopsided in Vargas's favor, but Vargas isn't going to get the decision here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously Adrian Broner is the, the quote-unquote house fighter in this one, but I... I Broner, I uh, for different reasons. Uh, so don't jump all over my case, Victor. <laughs> but for different reasons, I I, I look at I, I kind of see Broner and Wilder the same way as they're both very vulnerable, you know, and they're for the taking, you know, no matter who they're facing. Um, but like Michael said, if if Broner is actually focused, which I which I'm very skeptical of because just I mean how how many years has it been since he's been a complete fuck up in the public eye? You know what I mean? Uh, he he was never good. Like there was never a point. Like completely focused. No, like, no. From what? I don't. Just, I don't think he's that good. I don't even think he's that. No. Think no. I no no. Broner's not that good. But, but I I was just I was referencing his his out of the ring his out of the ring yeah. shit his his lifestyle and you know weighing two hundred and fifty pounds and then you know having a fat camp and then going into a fight and you know moving up in weight and. All that stuff, but I, yeah, it's hard. I agree with Michael. If if he's focused and actually has his shit together, you know, he's a threat to Vargas. That no doubt there. Um, I guess we just have to wait until Saturday and see. I kind of lean towards Broner, but I, I yeah, it's, it's kind of tough for me to pick. Um, now it's if interesting. It's not fair. I'm picking Vargas. I just don't think it's going to be fair. So on paper, yeah. I'm pick, like actual results. I'm picking Broner. For what's happening inside the ring on picking Vargas. Okay, that yeah, I I I probably would agree with that or go along with you. Um, now it's interesting to note Adrian Broner was supposed to face. Uh, I didn't write his name down. Another opponent uh, that got busted or got a DUI in Riverside, California, and it turned yeah, out when I went and re- yeah. yeah 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 when I went and researched the guy or, or his 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 criminal history. Turns out it wasn't even the first DUI, and then he's had a major problem with it for a long time. Um, they should just so, fight in jail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the the exercise yard fight. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it, Jesse Vargas was the replacement. Um, but yeah, I 
I agree with you, Victor. I think it's going to kind of play out like that. Uh, but I guess Funny we have to wait and see. Funny story about Omar Figueroa. Do you guys know about what this man did to try to fix his hands? No. No. I swear to God, I am not making this up. This man said it himself. I will post. I will send you guys a link of this thing afterwards. I'll also post it on my Twitter again. This man said, quote, he met up with some experimental doctors and they injected monkey blood into his hands. What? <laughs> yes. Are you shitting me? I am not making any of that up. First of all, I don't know what an experimental doctor is. That's not even a thing. And two, monkey blood, really, like any monkey, what even happened? This is how you get AIDS. I was picking Omar Figueroa to win that match. (laughs) Not because I think Figueroa was better, but because you can't compete against a man that has a goddamn AIDS fist. That's not, you can't box someone like that. (laughs) That's a hashtag in the works. Hashtag AIDS fist. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna be putting that in, in every every you know when I when I score the round on Twitter every weekend I'm gonna put hashtag AIDS fist right next yeah. to right next to the hashtag boxing. That's awesome. <laughs> oh my god, Victor, that was a gem. <laughs> um, there's one other. Uh, there's actually two other fights uh, happening on the Showtime card. Uh, the I think it's the co-main is uh, happening at 160. It's Jamal Charlo versus Hugo Centeno. Um, now, were you guys like me in that I had to go to BoxRec and YouTube to familiarize myself with uh, Hugo Centeno, or were you guys already aware no. of who he Hugo was? Hugo Centeno is actually a guy that moved up recently for 154 pounds. He's actually legit. He should have lost to Julian Williams, but if I recall correctly, that fight was stopped because like a cut or something like that, but he was kind of getting work there. He knocked out Alim in like one of the cleanest knockouts we saw from that year. I think that was last year. I'm pretty sure it was last year. But Centeno's solid. He's not great or anything like that, though. Charlotte sure. should beat him pretty soundly. But Centeno has some power, man. This is it's an interesting fight. It will be to me Charlotte's first proper fight at middleweight. So I'm not too mad at this fight. It's this interesting. But yeah, I knew who he was. Okay. Yeah, I, I I knew I was familiar with the name, but I didn't know much about the the fighter himself, so I had to go do some research. Um, I definitely think Charlo wins this one. Um, uh, yeah, who was I? Don't remember the name of well, who was that last guy that he that he knocked out? The guy with the the one good leg. Helen. Uh, yeah, yeah, that that that's it. That's it. Um, so yeah, he I agree with you. Like everybody's Mendo at some point. Uh, he's one of those guys. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. Like he has been the Mando since fucking Sergio Martinez, if I recall correctly. Okay. Now, what about you, Michael? Where where you stand on uh, the Charlo Centeno fight? Uh, I think Charlo's going to win. I think it's obviously uh, Centeno's been picked just as uh, some as an easy sure. fight, a bit of a stepping fight for uh, Charlo. Um, Centeno, he's got a decent decent record, but this is kind of his biggest fight. Um, mm-hmm. As Victor was saying, he had a good win last year over Aline, knocked him out. He, just, he uh, fought Julian Williams in 2013, which was a no contest, like Victor said. Um, but yeah, I think Charlo should should win easily. I, I think he'll knock him out round four, mm-hmm. round five, something like that. I don't think it's going to be that yeah. quick, man. I think it's probably going to take him like 
pretty deep. I'm looking at like around nine if it even gets stopped. Centeno might. Mm. I, I don't know how tough Centeno is, honestly. Like, I've never really seen him against anybody like that. I know he was getting worked by Julian Williams, though, before then. Julian Williams doesn't have, like, a lot of power, but I, mm, I don't know. I really have no idea. This is, like, <laughs> uncharted territory for me here, but I don't see Charlo stopping him pretty early. Because if you think about it, Charlo, it took him, what, like, four rounds to stop healing? Yeah. Yeah, I can't see him. Centeno's definitely, like, that version of healing. Sentinel's definitely better than that version of healing, so I don't see it going out that quickly. Well, if both of his legs work, he's already like ten times better than healing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, well, let me ask you guys. Uh, provided Charlo wins this fight and looks good, do you think he steps mm-hmm. it up next time? Next time out, whenever that might be, or do you think he takes another Sentinel level opponent? I would love to see him step up. I think the fight to make right now is Charlo yeah. versus Jacobs. Yep, that's, that's where I was me. going. That's where I was going. What do you think, Michael? You, would you like to see that fight? I'd love to see that fight. Yeah, I think that'd be that'd be a great one. Who do you guys have winning in that? Mike, I'll wait till I see Charlo at middleweight proper, but. I'm right now. I'm picking Jacobs, but we never know. Charlotte might look amazing in there, but I'm picking Jacobs right now. Yeah, I think I would get lean towards Jacobs. Um, I'll tell you what. We'll go more in depth on that one after the Selecki versus Jacobs match happens, because by that point, the uh, Charlotte fight would have obviously happened, and then we can just like yeah, actually yeah, yeah, yeah. them a little bit better. But for right now, because yeah. I can't really get any data from the. Uh, Arias versus Jacobs fight because that fight was pretty much just Arias holding a whole lot and Jacobs was just big as fuck. Sure. Which will be the case in this fight against Selecki as well. Jacobs is going to come in big as fuck and Selecki won't be that effective. But that is something you're going to have to deal with when you fight Jacobs anyway. So that is something you want to account for. So Cruiserweight Jacobs. Yeah, I mean, I don't like calling <laughs> Jacobs a cruiser. It's always weird to me when people say that. Like, Jacobs came in as a cruiserweight. He came I in think as he a was a light heavy. heavy. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, like, if you think about it, technically he would have been a cruiserweight because we would have been above the light heavyweight limit. But cruiserweights also cut down to make cruiserweight. Light heavyweights cut down to make light heavyweight. If we're going to call Jacobs a cruiserweight, we have to call Golovkin a super middleweight, which nobody wants to do. So, oh, I'm sorry, yeah. not a super middleweight, a light heavyweight because 170. So, yeah, if Jacobs is a cruiserweight, then Golovkin is a light heavyweight. That's how you properly do that. You can't have a double standard there. Right, right, right. All right, well, there's one other fight fight happening on Showtime, and it's the opening bout, or at least on the televised portion of the card. Uh, Gervonta Tank Davis versus Jesus Cuellar. Um, I got to tell you guys, I think Davis is is going to take this one. Uh, I don't know how it ends. Um, and I'm to be honest, I'm hoping Davis wins because uh, Floyd's pissed off at his, his boy and uh, said that he had talked to, uh, was it Bob Arum, about making uh, the Lomachenko fight. Yeah, that's not a fight I even care about. I, really? I, it wouldn't be fun to watch Lomachenko take Davis apart? I mean, why? That, that wouldn't, there, wouldn't be, there, wouldn't be, there wouldn't be some satisfaction in that for you, Victor? <laughs> not really. I don't think Jake Davis really? is that good. Like, I, I don't see the no. point of it. Like, I, if you, just, It's like if someone tried to set up Lomachenko versus... Mira right now, Takashi Mira, who's retired. But like, if you just brought that fight together, I would be like... Fuck! Do I care about this fight for? Yeah, well, for me, it's it's a it's a, like all the shit uh, Davis talks, and you know he calls people out or avoids 
avoids the the Lomachenko discussion, all of a sudden, you know, his promoter is it wants to put him in there with him, you know, after they have a have some kind of falling out or something. So there's the, the interesting for me in that regard. Uh, but I don't I don't think Davis has you know has any shot of beating uh, Lomachenko. Uh, what about you, Michael? You know, Where are you at on all of that? Yeah, tell us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I'd... laughs> I, I agree. I don't think uh, Giovanni Davis beats Lomachenko. I think he, uh, Kula, he'll beat. Um, he's good. He's another one. They just kind of, I think he's got the talent. He's just trying to, he's similar to Broner, really. He yes, needs, yes. He needs mm. to keep his head in the business instead of filling Instagram and everything else with like money, flash cars, women, clubbing. He just needs to concentrate yeah. on the business, so his head down, because he does look good. I mean, I saw him on the undercard of the Floyd Mayweather oh. Conor McGregor fight. I was at that, there for that, but he, you know he missed he missed weight, lost his title because he couldn't make weight that day. Yeah. Which is all right. Goddamn shame. Oh, you know what's the fight with Javante <laughs> Davis that I'd really be interested in though? Which one? Javante Davis versus Tevin Farmer. Like that is a fight that I would mm. care about. That's a very interesting oh. fight because Farmer has been knocked out a few times. I, I think I think sure. maybe twice, but I know it's been like at least once. I'm pretty sure it's like two or three times. But he's basically been looking pretty good. He has a style that should trouble Davis, but Davis also has a whole lot of power. That's a 50-50 fight to me. And it's interesting. They have a history together. They've like insulted each other and shit. Like that is a fight that has a backstory that I care about. <laughs> Lomachenko versus Davis, that's just a one-sided ass-kicking that I know how it's going to go. Like I don't care about matches where I know the outcome. Like when there's only one way it can go, like I, I don't care about that. I don't even care how much shit you talk before that's like, oh man, I want to see this guy get beaten up. Like I know he's going to get beaten up. I don't want to see this. There's absolutely <laughs> nothing there for me. Okay, well that's that's not unfair. That that's valid. Um, I just I tend to enjoy I I like watching guys like Davis kind of kind of get their comeuppance once in a while. Um, I and I think it's kind of entertaining. Uh, not not that he you know that he actually gets in there with Lomachenko, but that you know he had a falling out with Floyd and you know Floyd's kind of throwing him to the wolves. I for some reason that just strikes me as entertaining. I don't know why. Um, but whether oh. it really happens or not, who knows? What's up? Another thing. It was always weird to me that even when people were talking about this fight, that Lomachenko was the one that mentioned it's like He kind of like mentioned Davis a few times. I was wondering, like, why the fuck do you care about Davis? Like, if anything, you should have cared about Francisco Vargas and then Bershelt when Bershelt beat Vargas. Like, to me, that would have been, like, the real number one and number two. Because you could argue that Bershelt should even be ranked higher than Lomachenko right now. I think Lomachenko's obviously better, but if we're talking about just straight-up wins, you could very easily argue that because of the way that uh, Burchelt beat Vargas, that Mm -hmm. Burchelt should be ranked higher than Lomachenko. So why is that not the fight you're chasing? Why do you care about Javante Davis? Like, it makes no sense to me. Uh, maybe it's just maybe it's just an easy win, you know, easy night, easy day at the office, so to speak. Yeah, which is a goddamn I, saying, Lomachenko, man. You don't know. Yeah. yeah oh, uh, <laughs> there's actually two things, guys, that I didn't, I forgot to put in the notes, uh, and I'm mm-hmm. writing them down right now so that I don't forget. Um, the first was, uh, do, I want to ask if either of you guys care about the uh, Amir Khan fight that's happening next weekend. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, ex- exactly. I was reminded of it this morning when I was prepping for the show. What about you? What about you, Michael? Uh, being British, obviously, you know, it'd be a 
be good to see him back. I think it's his first fight back in Britain for like five years. The build-up's been kind of funny. Uh, Le Greco, I didn't really know much about him, but he seems like a bit of a character. Uh, obviously, sure. annoying can, a can through water in his face. Um, yeah. It'd be yeah, good awesome. to see a make can come back because he's, he's still got the chance to fight um, Kel Brook for a big British fight. Mm-hmm. I actually saw Kel Brook um, at the fight last week and I asked him about it and he said he's down to do it if Khan um, agrees to the terms and gets out there. You know, they've been kind of like jumping around saying they're going to do it for the last couple of years. Um I think Khan should win. I think obviously they probably picked Le Greco and paid him well to come over to put Khan back in the win column after mm-hmm. obviously having, having a few losses. Um, he needs to just concentrate. He's another one that needs to concentrate just on the business and kind of cash out before he retires because he's hardly fought right. over the last few years. Yeah, I, I, this fight I, I'm mildly interested in only because Khan's with uh, with a with a new trainer. He left Virgil Hill, which I think or Virgil Hunter, sorry, uh, which I think is a really good move because he's a horrible trainer. Um, and outside of uh, you know Andre Ward, he hasn't really had any success success stories you know to brag about. But uh, I don't know. I think Khan's thirty or thirty one now. I, I don't know. How much of a you know how effective he's going to be, or how much of a threat he's going to be at, at, at you know in at 147 moving forward? Uh, that even even when Khan's on top of his game and looks impressive, you know that chin is always there; it's always waiting to be checked. So, you know, uh, <laughs> Khan's just one of those fighters that's really he's fun to watch because he can be flashy, but you know if he doesn't win, he's going to get beat up really bad and it's, it's going to look really violent and, and scary on his way down to the, the canvas. But, uh, sometimes both of those things happen. He like boxes beautifully yeah. and then gets yep. knocked the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, yeah, he was, he was, he was, I had him beating Canelo on, on my scorecard and I had him Everyone beating Danny Garcia. Yeah. I had him beating Everyone Danny did. Garcia too. And I thought, wow, Khan's giving Garcia the business and, and Canelo the business. And then, Boom, boom, you know, both times it was like, holy shit, man, you know what I mean? Yeah, and when Khan, Amir Khan doesn't just get knocked out. He gets, you know what I mean, he gets laid out in full. But uh, with that said, guys, uh, the one last thing I wanted to talk about, because we've got uh, just a little over 10 minutes left, and I wanted to get your thoughts. Um, the ESPN Plus app or, or, or service, um, are either of you guys interested in that? Are you guys subscribing to it? Or is it like a big fuck you, you know, do you see it as a big fuck you to, to fans, you know, uh, where you guys stand on all of that? Oh, I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot about that and I was the one that mentioned it to you earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, uh, Mike, you can start. I'll go ahead and go on last about it. Okay, um, I was actually talking to somebody about uh, this on Twitter yesterday because they had it and I was asking them what they thought. It seems to have a lot, a good catalog of uh, top rank uh, fights that you can just watch at any time. Uh, like a hundred and something, I think he told me. Um, I think I'll probably get it just to try it out since it's only five, uh, $5. Um, and then wait and see what kind of fights they put on there. I imagine they'll probably start off with a few fights that we all want to see so everybody gets it and then just hope that we don't cancel it. Um, but I'll have to wait and see, really, just to see. It's only $5, so I'll, I'll give it a go. All right. Victor? Yeah, what about you, man? Oh, now I want to go last. Oh, me? Oh, okay, okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of torn. Um, I'm, I'm usually anti-business and pro-consumer, even though ironically I'm a business owner myself, um, <laughs> which, which creates some unique situations when I'm working. But uh, 
to get to the point, I, I kind of look at ESPN Plus as kind of a cash grab uh, on the top of part uh, on the part of top rank. I had a kind of a back and forth with them on Twitter. Uh, them being top rank, um, they were like, "Oh, but you get this arc, you know, you get our entire archive of, you know, the history of top rank fights and blah 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 blah." And I replied before they deleted the tweet, "Well, YouTube has all of those fights. I have a lot of those fights recorded or stored on." you know, in the cloud and on, you know, my multiple computers, if, if I need to go back and look at something or I, you know, I don't have anything exciting to watch on a Saturday, I might turn one of those on, but, uh, you know, for five, even though I, they were like, well, it's only $5, you know, you're a boxing guy. Uh, I, I told them basically, look, you know, when I get, when you're selling me uh, Crawford versus Spence, when you're selling me that that level or that type of fight for even twenty dollars a month, and it's you know those, I'm getting at least one of those types of fights all month. You know, a month, twelve fights like that a year. I'm in at at you know any reasonable price. But as it stands now, uh, what I see happening is Top Rank taking their shitty product that's been on ESPN or their mediocre product, I should say. It hasn't been shitty, but it's been fairly eh, you know kind of middle of the road stuff with a few hits there and a lot of misses everywhere else. I kind of feel like they're taking that and making it a, trying to make it a premium service and trying to screw the consumer, you know, on the way to doing that. So as a boxing guy, as somebody who really loves the sport, I want to support it with my money and I want other people to support it with their money, but I also want them to boycott it when the quality isn't there. So it's kind of, I'm kind of at a wait and see attitude um, I, Michael said he would get it and hope that it's good. I'm going to not get it. And then if it turns out to be good, I'll get it later, uh, and encourage others to get it later. Victor. <laughs> I think this is actually a step in the right direction right now. UFC has kind of a similar thing with fight pass and that is working out sure. great. And we're in the very early stages of this. And I hope that eventually it will turn into a fight pass type of situation. I've been saying for a while that boxing does need some kind of thing where a lot of the fights are just easily accessible like this, where they're all just like in some big some platform, some app, something there for you just to go ahead and watch all of them. Because there's a lot of times where there's like a fight that I saw at one point, sometimes not even involving a big name, and I can't find it on the internet. And ideally this will fix that problem. I won't have to like search and just go on like a sketchy ass website at some point. I can just like go on the app and just watch <laughs> from there. I really like where this is going. I hope it does well. I think this will work out for the best of everyone. It's only five dollars too, so that's great right there. I'm hoping this turns out well. I think it will for right now. I'm liking their catalog from what I've I don't have it yet myself because I'm still mm-hmm. in my boxing protest and that's not going to change, honestly. Until boxing gets the shit together, that's not going to change. But this is a change in the right direction. So I'm liking what they're doing. And maybe after like a year, maybe I will break my protest and then we can go from there. But for right now, I'm not getting it off of principle, but I do like what they're doing here. No, I, I'm with you, Victor, on that. Uh, even though I kind of have, you know, I, I look at it as kind of a cash grab. I think the introduction of that technology, you know, or bringing that into the sport, um, you know, we're way, our sport is way behind the times in terms of technology. Way. It always is. Yeah. yeah. And I'm a tech guy myself. I'm a, I've been a computer guy for almost 30 years. So it's like, you know, I want an internet guy for almost just as long. So it's like, yeah, I, I like that too. I'm with you on that part of it. I, I want to see, I want to see all the promoters provide 
fans with something like that. So, you know, maybe we don't need, you know, the $15, $20 a month for HBO and Showtime. We can say, okay, well, you know, I'll pay five bucks a month for this fight and I'm going to get a huge fight here on, on top ranks app. And maybe, you know, maybe uh, Tom Lawler's 360 has something like that another month and I can, you know, I'll pay for that when the quality's there. But uh, I think, I think the important thing here is like you said, not so much the quality in the beginning, it's the introduction of that technology into the sport. I think that's a huge plus. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I I mean, I I really want to see, you know, after, after the technology gets established, which is going to happen, whether it's successful or not, um, you know, others are going to follow. I want to see the quality, the level of, you know, the quality level of fights, you know, get a big boost. Uh, maybe someday, you know, even, you know, like kind of like the uh, WWE has done uh, with their channel. You know what I mean? You just pay one fee and you get, you get everything for that one fee. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pay, you don't have to pay additional fee every month for SummerSlam, for WrestleMania, and for whatever else they have now. I haven't watched it in like 20 years, but yeah. you know, whatever their monthly, you know, big thing is, uh, you just you pay that flat fee and boom. Um, now in an ideal boxing world. Uh, I would my like my fantasy is to have every single promotional entity get together, tell the networks go fuck yourselves, and then say we're going to offer this kind of service for twenty, yeah. thirty bucks a month, and you have top rank, you have three sixty promotions, you have Golden Boy. Not only do you get the archive, but you get all the pay per views and everything else in your weekly fights for one rate. You know what I mean across the board. I mean that would be fucking amazing. Um, That'd be perfect. It would never happen. Yeah. Like, that would be perfect. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. I, I live in the real world, and I know it would never happen. But if if we can work, like, even if even if this technology, like I said, the technology will will stick around and it will get better and better. But you know, I think more and more people are going to jump on board this type of thing and and start using it more uh, to mm-hmm. deliver their content. So it's a good thing, I think, in that regard. Um, now, with that Don't said, say- guys, uh huh. Go ahead. One thing I would love to see them do, and we have like three minutes left, so I'm going to try to make this quick, yeah. is provide very original content. Like, I guess, like some behind the scenes, think of some fighters, yes. just like back up. Like, that would be dope. Yeah, like if yes. they did something like that, I would probably just crack my pro. I don't know. if I, I don't know. It'd Dude. be tough for me. It'd be a long debate with me, but like that would be beautiful. And they have the outlet to actually do that right now. So they should definitely yeah. get on something like that. Yeah, that that would actually make me make me buy in, especially at five bucks a month. If you know, just just a hypothetical scenario here, it's Terrence Crawford, and they have, you know, they do kind of like a twenty four seven or a fight camp uh-huh. thing, where they follow the fighter around through his training camp. They show how he eats, how he trains. You know, they interview the guy, they talk to his camp. You know, talk to the people that work for him. That like an inside look. That would be fucking great. Um, yeah, man. Shoulder. That's something that the the World Boxing Series has done so well. Imagine if they did that for like the lesser fighters too, not just like your Crawford, but like the guys like like or Jesse Vargas or something like that who like doesn't even get to talk a whole lot. That would be beautiful. Oh, that would be great, man. That would imagine that would just the fan bases of these guys too. Oh yeah, I I mean stuff like that when you get emotionally invested. Or you know, or psychologically invested in, in a specific product or, or or fighter, you tend to stick around and want more. So, uh, you know, that's that would be a really good thing. Now, with that said, guys, uh, Victor and Michael, uh, we've got to end the show. We've got about a minute and a half left. 
Uh, and there's the lady, annoying lady, telling me to to end the show. Um, so let's do that. Uh, this has been episode 20 of the Loaded Gloves Boxing Podcast. Uh, Victor and hopefully Michael will be back with me next week uh, to talk about uh, this next week's action and preview the following weeks. Uh, if you like what you heard today, uh, you can follow Split D Boxing on Facebook at at facebook.com forward slash Split D Boxing. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at at Split D Boxing. You can follow Victor at seven five seven Vic. Or you can follow, she's annoying, uh, you can follow Michael at, <laughs> at uh, mshep10. Uh, and then if you are so inclined to do so, uh, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash split boxing. So again, uh, this has been episode 20 of the Loaded Gloves Boxing Podcast, and we will see you guys next week. Who's going to bust your chops now? <laughs>